Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time of recording. This is episode 108 of the Restricted Zone podcast, and I'm with a good crew today. Kyrie, introduce yourself to the people, man. Yo, what's going on, fellas? Let's have a good episode. Let's get to it. Yes, sir. Let's have a good episode indeed. Lodge, introduce yourself to the people, man. Yo, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing today? Yes, sir. And then we have someone else coming on. He'll be in there shortly. Just Johnny, uh, the analyst, not the advocate, or the advocate, not the analyst. I forgot. I can't say I forgot the, 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 you know, the slogan, man, but he'll be on soon. And we're going to be talking about the future of the league today. Recently, just now, honestly, the NBA draft lottery just took place, just finished about maybe 10, 15 minutes ago at the time this recording. And we're the Strictly Zone crew, and we're more than excited to talk about this year's NBA draft, probably one of the most important drafts considering the lottery selection that has been in a long time ago. And, you know, we're ready to talk about it. We're excited about the teams that have landed, and they'll be picking respectively at the time of the draft next month around this time. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and go number one straight to the point. Let's get to it, man. Kyrie, Lodge, the Spurs, they get the number one pick in the draft. And, man, you got to think back to the last time they had it was 1997. And who they drafted out of that? They drafted that man. The metal himself. They drafted that man. And now we've seen some shades of potentially another dominant big with the Spurs again. <sighs> Give me your thoughts, Kyrie. Talk to me about the Spurs having the number one pick. And then them drafting Victor Wembyama. How does the roster construction look moving forward with them? And what do you do to surround them with the right pieces? Um, one obviously, yeah, Vic is, is the he's the number one choice. He's the obvious choice, and it's uh, it's just because he fits like his play style at seven four is just is, is is freakish, and it's something we've never seen before. And um, I think for the San Antonio Spurs for the for like the longest since they've been in this little rebuild stage, I've been saying, or I've been thinking to myself that they need a big that they can produce like buckets like through because. It, Keldon Johnson's not bad, and then guys like uh, like Devin, uh, Devin Vassell is not bad, but they're still young and they're still developing. They could use a guy like a Vic in this situation who could create his own shot at 7-4, has a fadeaway, has a pull-up jumper that can't be blocked. He has great touch around the rim. I was watching his game today, uh, today one of the last games of the French season. He put up like 19-9 and nine or something like that. And um, he had one move in particular where that just, like, it just amazed me. Like, he went baseline and just – Laid it with the left hand, like it was just—it was just so fluid. Like you, it's it's so weird seeing somebody, Kristaps Porzingis size, and like built like Rudy Gobert, and just be able to move with the ball and be able to just put the ball on the floor and and, and finish over guys and, and shoot over guys. So um, I think uh I think Trey Jones has got himself a great new target because he, he's a great lob throw as well with that that seven uh that seven nine seven ten wingspan. Um, it's it's going to be franchise altering. Like somebody like Vic, he's definitely franchise altering. And um, right. he's already in the thing. The thing is, he's already playing in the pros. He's already playing against guys that played in the NBA or that are veterans in their in in, uh, in overseas leagues and stuff like that. Guys that played a lot of basketball and have a lot of have a lot of knowledge and have a lot of physical advantages over him. So right. um, and you got to keep in mind he put up twenty one to ten in in that uh, in that case. And uh, had three blocks a game, so I think, uh, like I said, I think Victor's going to be franchise altering for them. And um, I think San Antonio to keep uh, building from here with the young guys we have. We see them; uh, they're rookies this year. Malachi Brandon had a pretty good season, showed that he just scored the rock. Uh, 
Um, Jeremy Sohan is a very, very versatile defender and a good finisher. And that's somebody I can't wait to see um, with his play style on the offensive end as a cutter and um, as a finisher play with Wemby. It's going to be a lot of fun in San Antonio, even though it's going to take a while for Coach Pop to get them into that winning culture or whoever takes the reins after Pop even decides to call it quits after this year or this season. We don't know. But um, whoever whoever has it has, has a good uh, – is getting something – is very fortunate. They're getting something good on their hands because uh, they got a lot of talent. They sure do. Man, uh, that was a great analysis from you. And Lodge, talk to me. The Spurs get the future generational big man. Uh, just what's your thoughts on the Spurs and, you know, them being able to land Victor Wimbiama, what it means for Victor Wimbiama himself and the Spurs moving forward? First off, uh, I think this is probably the best case scenario for him and probably, I think, the draft in general. Um, I feel like the other possible landing spots for him, I feel like Houston would have been a little bit of a logjam considering they just drafted um, Jabari Smith and also uh, Alperin Sengun the year before that. Um <clears throat> As far as the Charlotte Hornets, though, I think that was the only other intriguing place that I could or would like to see him there. But I feel like as far as, like, the prospect he is, like Kyrie was saying, he's literally, like, team shifting, generational shifting. I feel like he just deserved his own place where he could kind of be his own star without a person like LaMelo Ball there who's kind of already had his own type of name already sparked up in, in the media. So now with the Spurs getting him, I'm, I'm really just excited to see how Pop does this one or year, two year coaching run, depending on how long he wants to coach, and, and just see if he allows them to kind of, like, play a little bit younger. Um, honestly, like Kyrie was saying, playing with, with Jerry Masilhan out there, I'm really excited to see them two play together on defense. I feel like the, with those two out there, I feel like their their pace as far as offense will be a lot faster because they'll be pushing the floor a lot, considering their length, uh, their ability to grab defensive rebounds quick and get the football down floor. Um so yeah, I, I really, I really do want to see if Pop really kind of lets them kind of play freely and not kind of p- pretty much put them in that old school mindset. And I, I really do. So I'm, like, I'm excited to see that. All right. Um, I seen, I seen you shake your head. No, Elijah uh, mentioned the Charlotte Hornets as an intriguing spot for Wimby. Why was that? The Hornets, in terms of the structure, because of the Hornets, to me, when you got a generational guy like that. You want them to go to a team. The Spurs, the Hornets isn't known for the, you know, development, right? We know that, right? The Hornets isn't made for development. Uh, getting someone like Lamelo Ball was obviously the most obvious common answer at the time because who else the Hornets were going to select that was the best NBA talent outside of those top three? Wiseman honestly kind of was a stretch for him to even slide into that top three spot. To be honest with you, I'm surprised the Warriors didn't take him. Now they're looking like maybe we should have took him in their drafts, considering what Jordan Paul has recently played into. But with that being said, uh, maybe Jordan, you know, he gets to study under Jordan. Maybe Jordan takes him under his wing. I get that. That's the intriguing part about that. But well, Jordan out, bro. He 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 he's not there no more. Whoa, Jordan's out. Excuse me. I don't know. When you think of the Hornets, you just think of Jordan because the Hornets aren't even anything significant of themselves. But with that being said, that's, that's, that, not to cut you off, but that's why I was thinking, like, it, me and Logic were kind of talking about it before, like, it, before everything went down, as Charlotte possibly being an intriguing spot. And I don't want to do say that like the diss Mark Williams or nothing because Mark Williams as a rookie center, like, of course, he would have to be moved to the bench, but he, he, had, he played pretty good. And but it's just what would have happened. But outside of that, I think Charlotte's kind of got a fresh slate going on with like the terrible season they had with Miles Bridges 
his personal problems missing the season. LaMelo Ball was hurt all year long. Michael Jordan left. So I feel like this season was going to, was going to be, especially if they were able to get a guy like Wemby, um, to be like a fresh slate for them and, and like bring somebody else in there and implement their own type of system and their own structure and their own culture and bring their guys up their own way, feel me, and draft people the right way in their own way, you know? Of but, course. Um, yeah, I just for that for like for that reason, that was the only reason I really thought Charlotte was would be, would have been in the street spot. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I don't know who says you got Nick Richards there. You got a couple of guys that Victor obviously could start what's up. What's Nick here. Richards doing, bro? Come on, I know that's the Kentucky guy and all, but what's he doing? You know, you 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 got a uh, PJ Washington there. You got PJ Washington there. Uh, who else is over there on the bench? Yeah, they don't got nobody over there. You can say, I believe what? Marshall, I don't know which Plumby brother is there as a backup. Then they drafted somebody from Duke not that long ago. Mark Mitchell, I believe. Yeah, Mark Williams. So Victor starts over any of those guys. We get it. Victor starts over any of those guys. But then it's just like, where the Hornets are, really? You know, where the Hornets at future wise? Because their roster is really, you don't know what the future is because a lot of the players are, you know, off the court problems. That's a big factor of it. That's why I said to the stability of the culture of the Hornets. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't want Victor going to that, right? It's just it's always something going on over there with a Hornets player. So whatever that is. So the Spurs and the Victor went beyond to me is a match made in heaven. I feel like Greg Popovich pulls two years yeah. with the kid. I think Greg Popovich pulls at least maybe he was considering retirement depending on this year's draft. I think God Dodd gives it two more years. Kind of like how Kevin Garnett, to a certain extent, Kevin Garnett isn't an NBA coach, but what he did with Carl Anthony Towns, you know, worked with him for his first year, really got him, you know, even though they had it so far, Carl Anthony Towns still plays like, you know, the guy that, you know, frustrating as it is. But I, I see that with Pop. He's going to push two more years to coach this kid, really teach him the intangibles, fundamentals, all the little stuff to become, you know, possibly, you know, the next Spurs great big man. So I'm all for it. With that, we go on to the next the next draft selection. We got the Charlotte Hornets, man, and they fell to number two. Honestly, didn't expect them to be the number two pick. I had them being a the top five pick. Didn't think they dropped down to all the way to number two. But here we are. And who are we looking at for the Hornets to select? I mean, some people say he's the second best prospect after um. Victor Wembyama, but let's let's get your take. Kyrie, talk to me. Who who are you rocking with for the Hornets taking number two? This one, uh, this one kind of threw me for a loop because all uh, all season long I've been dead set that Scoot Henderson is the second best prospect in the draft, and um, I've also felt like a lot of teams, regardless of position, should should have drafted should draft him if got like if they had the second overall pick, regardless of position, just draft him as the second best talent in the draft, you know, but I think it's very different for a team like the Hornets. who we kind of delved into um, previously um, with their guard situation. Of course they have LaMelo ball. Then they have guys like Terry Rozier and a younger guy like Theo Mallet. And of course we want to get playing time over school off the bat really, but it's just, they have a weird roster construction. And I think with uh, Kelly Oubre being a free agent this, uh, this summer, Gordon Hayward kind of on the decline. He had an okay solid season, but he's just burnt defensively. Like, he, he can't really do much. I think they go with Brandon Miller right here, despite Scoop being, like I said, second best in the draft class. I think they go with Brandon Miller right here 
just be just to have one another knockdown shooter next to Lamella Ball that gets placed the floor for him. That spaces the the floor for other guys because he commands a lot of attention. I know during the NCAA tournament I ragged on him a little bit, but I shouldn't say a little bit. I definitely ragged on him just because for his poor play. But I personally don't. I personally don't see big time franchise altering talent in Brandon Miller. But since this is a fairly weak draft class, in my opinion, he's kind of touted up there. And not and not to knock him, he had a really good season. He put up almost 19 points a game. He shot very efficiently from the three-point line. And I think he shot a few percentage points higher from NBA range while he was in college, too, like past the uh, college three-point line. And um, he's a solid rebounder. He's not a great athlete, but he can get by. He's very fluid in transition as a, as a lead ball handler. And um, as a as a uh, as a transition shooter, somebody that could spot up in a quarter, trail on the wings, you know. And um, I think a team like the Charlotte Hornets would really could really use a guy like this, like I said, for Lamelo Ball, who uh, has the ball in his hands a lot, which which really wouldn't benefit a guy like Scoot Henderson because he needs the ball in his hands a lot to create too. He's a guy that likes to get in the pick and roll as well. He likes to get downhill and get to the rim. And um, I just think he wouldn't be afforded the opportunity to do that here. So I think Brandon Miller goes here kind of by default. But I think he brings a lot of t- a lot to the table uh, uh, to the Hornets with, like I said, his his size at six nine, um, with almost a seven foot wingspan, knockdown shooter. Um, I just want to see his ability to create get better. I it, it's left me uh, wanting to see more during his college during his college career. I just didn't really see much of a career out of him, and he he has a, a nice he has like a nice little step back, a nice little left or right crossover he could get to. They get open for his jumpers, but it's not consistent. When it comes to getting to the rim, it's not consistent and it's very sloppy. So um, if he could tighten that up, then I'm definitely seeing him becoming uh, a fringe all-star, maybe like a, a few times, like all-star during his career. But for right now, I'm, I'm kind of cool on that. I see him being like a very, very solid third option, rotational, uh, like score type of guy right now. And um, again, like that's what that's something I need to need. Kyle, you're muted, bro. Oh, all right, Lodge. I mean, Kyrie, I, that was definitely a great analysis. I think, you know, I want to swing it to Lodge first before we move on to, uh, to to Johnny. Go ahead, Lodge. Just give me your thoughts for the second pick. Who do you, who are you, if you're the GM, the second pick, who are you looking at? I'm going to be honest with you. Very important. After hearing, after, after hearing what Kyrie kind of talk about the kind of the confusing construction of the Hornets. I I, I could see them honestly trading down. Mm. But I don't honestly know for who. Um but I would honestly I could only other player I would see that could fit along alongside um Lamelo Ball is maybe at one of the uh, the Thompson brothers. But okay. again that that's a little bit farther down. So I, for right now I do will also pick Brandon Miller. I feel like he's just like obviously I don't believe he's like Kyrie, the second best player in the in the draft. I think that's mm-hmm. Scoot. Um, yeah. But I also did want to bring up if if it wasn't for Mark Williams getting drafted, I, I would honestly wouldn't mind them drafting this some the guy this guy uh, Kyrie sent me earlier today was Taylor Hendricks at two if they didn't have Mark Williams uh, last year from dra- mm-hmm. last year's draft. Um, that'd have been a nice uh, rim runner player, lob threat for Lamelo Ball that also plays defense on the other end. <clears throat> but yeah. I, I really I would not be surprised if they trade down trade down their pick. 
All right. So now, before I swing it up, before I talk, I'm going to say you swing it to Johnny. Introduce yourself to the Strictly Zone crew. You hopped in. Just Johnny. Introduce yourself to the people, man. Johnny, Hello, world. Just Johnny. What's going on, y'all? It's happening again, baby. I was, to, I was trying Not to use the slogan, and I had the slogan on wrong. Do it properly for the people, man. I'm messing up. The analyst, baby, not the advocate. We just analyze, not advocating. Came on late. Thanks for, thanks for running it without me, y'all. I'm on now. The analyst, not the advocate. Now, before I get my two piece, I'm just swinging to Johnny. We're focusing on the second pick right now in the draft, and Kyrie and Lodge gave some interesting answers, and I, I'm so 50-50 on it hearing both of Kyrie and Lodge's answers. But then we look at Scoot. He obviously is the best prospect outside of Victor Wembyama. Victor Wembyama Victor said it himself. If he wasn't in this draft, he'd probably be number one, which I wholeheartedly agree. He gives me Derrick Rose, John Wall, Russell, all the athletic point guards you can think of. Scoot matches that and maybe a little bit more. Uh, but Brandon Miller, we're going to look at his production from, the, from what, um, Alabama. And honestly, as a freshman, he had just as a great season as Zion, Malik, Lonzo Ball, those guys when they had their first year, rookie year. No one even expected Brandon Miller to play as well as he did, to be honest with you. And and that says a lot. But we got to also look at the facts as well. If we're going to look at the, the good, we got to look at the cons as well. Even though he played, like Kyrie said, he played amazingly well in Alabama. When it came down when the Bryce with the lightest and March Madness, man, he's really shot. He shot really poorly. You know, he shot at least 40. He shot 40% from the field goal. He shot 30% from the three-point line. That's taking from NBA distance at Alabama. So, you know, he he really played bad in March Madness when the bright, bright lights came on. The, the defense was focusing more on him. Uh, and that's kind of worrying because, now we've seen a lot of guys fold in the playoffs. You know, they get that big contract the previous year. They showed out. Next year comes. They're a major disappointment. Major disappointment. And when you draft a guy that high at number two, you just can't have that. And granted, he's still young, but you can't have that. Do I want Brandon Miller to the Hornets, Kyrie? That brings back to the Hornets coach for the past couple of years. You know, this guy coming a lot of off the, you know, he got some bags on himself. We don't want to dive too much into that. But, you know, Kyrie, you understand my concern in terms of that? You know, so Brandon Miller going there. Yeah. I mean, it well, should work out, Kyrie. It should work out. Like you said, Kyrie, it should work out, but Lamelo and Scoop. What do you think about that? I honestly feel like that would be very intriguing. But again, they both need the ball a lot. They both need I the know. ball a lot. Lamelo, Lamelo's such a creator with the ball, and the and the Hornets' offense doesn't run unless he he he's really out there. Terry Rozier, he can go out there and do a little bit. He he's more of a self creator, you know. Right. So a guy, yeah, and. I don't know, got, but if you go by best talent available, you 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 try to make it work with Melo, because then this, that's probably one of the most that would probably instantly become one of the most dynamic young backcourts in a league. But now, front court is the front court matching up with the backcourt because we know the backcourt is going to do what they do. I think Lamelo could play off the ball. I think Lamelo is showing he could he's willing to play off the ball, but he does need the ball to be effective. So that'd be a conundrum in itself. I think I'm gonna stick with Brandon Miller. Just because of the fit, and it just seems like Lamelo would do good together. But I got a lot of concerns with Brandon Miller, even though his production is up there. 
I'm not mad at you, Steve. I'm I'm not mad at you for uh, Brandon Miller. I'm not mad. And honestly, like I I kind I agree with Kyrie on the school pick because um they they both are ball dominant playing styles. Um, but I do like I do get the concept of going with the best I guess player. But mm-hmm. I think base I, I would reach more to Brandon Miller not because Scoot isn't better. I do right. believe also that Scoot is better. But Brandon Miller six nine about two hundred. Right. Give you eight board had what eight boards a game this year. Yeah, he shot bad, but at the end of the right. day, good hustle player. I mean, shoot, he had some bright spots. I think in the first round, right. he gave Texas he he gave Texas A and M like uh, twenty three points. I think he had yeah. nineteen and he had nineteen against Maryland and sweet sixteen. Um, shot forty three percent overall for the year. But at the end of the day, um, he's bigger, lengthier, like you said, the fit. He averaged eight rebounds. I think he can do more as far as effectively on the defensive end. And right. he doesn't need the ball as much. So I think that fit alone will probably have me lean towards number two. But I see yeah. what y'all saying about Scoop. Right. Okay, Johnny, great analysis. So Kyrie, just just like a quick summary, who you have at number two? At number two, I got Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Georgia Brandon Charlotte. Miller out of Alabama. Lodge, who do you have at number two? Just like a quick summary for the people. Brandon Miller as well. But don't be surprised if they trade down. I know a lot. Since you brought that up, that's gonna that's gonna be stuck in the back of my mind coming towards the uh, draft day. What are they gonna do with their pick, Johnny? You're rocking with Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. You're rocking with Brandon Miller. I'm rocking with Brandon Miller. But as a runner up, I would don't be surprised if they say, "Listen, let's let's work out Melo in school and let's see what we can go ahead and do with that." Don't be surprised if they go ahead for that trigger. But with that, Kyrie. We go to the most, probably the most unfortunate team that was really baking on this, really baking on getting Victor Wembyama. Uh, this is definitely not the most unfortunate team. The city of well, Detroit is crying right. right now. You definitely the city not. Of Detroit is crying real tears. You right definitely now. not. Right. Detroit is sick. So listen, but we're gonna go to Houston Rockets. We're gonna go, and the Rockets had probably one of the most intriguing off seasons as a young, upcoming, developing team. But before we get into that. Kyrie, who is your pick for the fourth pick in this 2023 NBA draft if you're the Houston Rockets? Who are you looking at? Wait, bro, we skipped the third pick for, for Portland? Yeah, we skipped the third pick. Oh, we did skip the third yeah, pick. We, yeah, we, skipped the third. we skipped the third pick for Portland. Let's take it back to the third pick, Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard, we don't know what he wants to do. But, man, Portland Trailblazers, who do you have at the third pick, uh, Kyrie? Who are you looking at if you're Portland? And what are you man. considering? When you're drafting this guy, you considering with Damian Lillard in mind, or you considering without him in mind? Because this dictates a lot. Man, I'm looking at it at a standpoint from the GM, and um, I feel like they are. Damian Lillard got shut down. I've never seen Damian Lillard get shut down like healthy right. in the season, whether in Portland was contender for a playoff or not. Right. Damian right. always playing. They shut him down while he was healthy at the end of the season. So. You forget I, it. And, it, and, it, and it's nothing like there's no like animosity there. Is nothing. I just feel like Portland knows, and Dane's made it known that Portland like like he let Portland know like yo you guys are going in a different a different direction than I, uh, than I want to go. Like I want to win championships. I want to compete for championships. You guys are young and up and coming to try to find yourselves and try to develop young players. And he's like that's cool, but I'm like I, I need something different than that. He should have mm-hmm. had that same attitude about three years ago. But that's another that's a, that's another convo. Feel me? So. I think with that in mind, they definitely are looking or preparing to go into next season without having Damian Lillard. And Damian Lillard mm. is preparing next season as a member of a of a different team. Okay. So with that being said, 
they definitely go with Scoot Henderson right now, right here. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Mm. again, like I said, the second best prospect in this draft. I don't have his numbers right in front of me, but I think he put up 18, if not somewhere like somewhere from 18 to 20 uh, point range. Yes. Had about six or seven dimes a game. That was a good yes. rebounder at six two. He's got a six nine wingspan, six like six eight six nine wingspan. Yeah, hey, most of the big guards that handles, yeah. And it, like you know, when I watch him, like all these explosive guard names, like get thrown around, like and it's, I've been hard, like it's been hard trying to find like a like a direct comparison between like the Derrick Roses, Russell Westbrooks, the John Walls, Baron Davis, you know what I mean? but. I really see a lot of like like John Walls like when I like when I see him like I, when I see him in transition, um his vision, his passing ability, his unselfishness, just how blistering right. fast like how fast he is like he gets up like down the court like no other, and um just like no some, some of the ducks he had for G League like this year was, was just insane, and um I think I think it's the perfect fit in Portland for him. It's another it's a team that's uh and it's an organization that. It has another generational talent at point guard right after Damian Lillard leaves. Not a lot of guys are fortunate to Set up replace their star players with somebody the year after. Feel me that you could say Here, exactly. Take is there. Feel me. And um, right. I think like uh, with them drafting last year, Shaden Sharp. A couple years prior, we, Anthony Simons. We've seen him come to his own. He's a twenty-plus point per game scorer now. If right. Portland gets them. Portland gets them bigs, and they add to that depth, and they just keep they just keep nurturing that young core. Chauncey Billups just keeps growing as a coach. They could have a really really nice uh, core and a nice squad. I know that's what's in. really that's what's really scary about Portland. Now they shot themselves one of the teams with the most potential, depending mm-hmm. on who they pick with this draft. Scott, yeah, and, we, and we we gotta we gotta understand like I, like I mentioned, Chauncey Billups. He's only in his second year. Right. He's only. He, he, this has just been his second year as coach, and um, it's they haven't been they haven't been favorable position favorable posi- uh, positions for him to be honest with you guys. Mm-hmm. Like he's like the uh, his first season, Damian Lillard was hurt all season. He was battling that rib that lingering rib injury, and um, this season one of the worst defensive teams in, in the NBA. Dame was in and out of the lineup, even though he played great, put up his thirty points a game. But um, again, you just got a lot of young guys, and um. I think it's time to, to flip that next chapter. I think the, the fans of Portland are ready for that next chapter. There's nobody to start with but, uh, better than Scoot right now. That's crazy. You draft Scoot, it's almost signaling a, a way out for Dane. You got a young 19-year-old guard. You know, you got to give him the ring and let him operate, make his mistakes. That's how the guards, mm-hmm. you know, they, they got to play. Chauncey Billis played guard in his league. Chauncey Billis won a championship as a point exactly. guard in his league. And, and he, I think, went through, I think, he went through rough passes as a, as a lottery pick. Exactly. You know? Perfect, you know perfect school to land in the uh, for the Blazers. Go ahead, Lodge, for you swing to Johnny. Lodge, can you hear me? Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought I was I thought I was reading. Yeah. Say it again, Colin. I say right. So Kyrie's going with school. He raved about the potential of that backcourt between him, Shaden, or, or, or Simmons. You know, what's your thoughts um, on Portland with the third pick? You know, who are they rocking with? I don't think they have a choice but to pick Scoot, and I feel like they finally have the 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 I guess the the, the 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 leverage to move along from Dame because I think it really just it's time to let him go. To be honest, it is. It is. This time is time to just usually let go and just just separate because now you have literally Scoot Henderson, 
and mm-hmm. Anthony Simons, right. along with players like Cam Reddish, Shaden Sharp. And you still have all behind Hurt Jokic, uh, Nurkic, but hopefully you let him go too. But I feel like they're, I think Scoot is literally their best case scenario, and hopefully nothing else crazy happens and the Charlotte doesn't swipe him from or something like that. Man, all hinged on if the Hornets don't pick him at number two. That's what it's all banking on. If the Hornets yeah, don't probably cry. Who do you they go don't to? Give, they don't get Scoop, bro. There's just no point. Like, yo, because there's no other draft possible besides Scoop for the Portland Trailblazers, in my opinion. He's the most optimal choice. Johnny. They got to trade down. That's a failure. Really? Yeah, because it's just like, that means, well, yeah, to me. I mean, you know what? Yeah, it's not a far-fetched possibility. It's not that crazy. It's I not don't that see crazy. nobody they really could could benefit off of other than Scoot. To be. Well, I mean, they have another point guard, Amin Thompson. I guess he's top five pick, but he can't. Scoot. I don't think he can play point though. No, one of the twins play point. One of them. I plays think Amin, I think Amin can play point. Yeah, Amin. Yeah. Yeah, you 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 have him over at point over Anth uh, Over yeah. Anthony, over Anthony Thomas. Yeah, would you rather? Who would you rather have win run the one over and and the other run the two? I mean, you would kind of. Ha- I would. I would have to have uh, a men run the one because he can't shoot right now. Exactly. Man, yeah, man. But he's kind of a. Uh, he's kind of a. I see it. He's kind of. I don't know. Three turnovers a but, game. I would, but uh, yeah. another the other reason yeah. I say that is I know, on Johnny. the other side of the floor, he's a he's a point of attack defender at six seven with that wingspan, that athleticism. I'm- yeah, I mean for Portland, that's only if like school. But that that still doesn't, bro. But how, bro? Could you imagine getting him and then getting rid of Dame and then instead of getting Scoot and getting rid of Dame, bro? <laughs> like I know man. that that at that point I would click I think, on. For one Dame want to play. Yeah, Dame, Dame want to play with Scoot. Dame want to play with Scoot more than uh. I mean, Dame he, wants he, to he, play he, out he, of. Out of right. Dame wants to leave. Play with school more. I mean, but I, if he's ultimately yes, but in a in a in a short yeah, in the near future, he wants a he's not, he's not gonna stay with, he's not gonna stay regardless. Well, you never know what Dane really does because you know he's such a loyal guy. Maybe he might say, "Let's let me mentor the, the young rookie." Let, let's cool him indeed. If he's like he he that's not he's happening, bro. He's not going there, dog. And trade him at the deadline. That could be another possibility the Portland Trailblazers do. The deadline, I mean, bro. That's all the way until halfway the next season. Well, know, it was gone before the season start, bro. I'm guaranteed. At school, under Dane's wing, you know, because that could only benefit him. I mean, I mean, whatever. It, it, I, if even, I mean, that probably is the most likely concept. So for that reason, I would say Scoot going to the Blazers okay, because of that it. same reason. So yeah, I mean, I do got his stats here, and you he was right, Kyrie. He's about 18 points a game, seven dimes. Mm-hmm. And okay. he'll get you, and he'll get you five boards in the steal. So that means mm-hmm. he's comfortable with taking it coast to coast off his own rebound. Sure like is. John Wall, John Wall type style. So mm-hmm. like I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, he'll go to the Blazers. Dame's gone before the midseason is out of there. Gotcha. Like, uh, I, 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 I mean, Thompson is a good look too. But if I'm the Blazers, I'm preparing for the better point for the better point guard. And I mean, right. they both average six dimes, but I mean, uh, Scoot was less of a turnover machine. And he pretty much, and he uh, got his own bucket better. So I would go with Scoop going to the Blazers for that note too. He held his own against Victor Wembyama in their matchup too. That was a heck of a matchup. They was going back and forth. 
What a guy, man. That that that's enough for the for like I said, the Hornies don't dress man number two. They say, you know what, man? F it. Let's just get this kid and we just work it out from there. I don't know. Don't be surprised. But we go on to the fourth pick. The pick I almost went ahead before the third pick. I'm gonna swing it to Lodge first. I'm gonna let Lodge go ahead first. So Lodge, and then I'm gonna swing it to Johnny, then Kyrie. So Lodge, the fourth pick, the Houston Rockets. Scoots off the board. Brandon Miller's off the board. Victor Wembyama's off the board. You're the Houston Rockets. You're a little upset you fell this far, but who are you looking a at? Little. Yeah, a little. That's an understatement, they're right? Pissed. But they're, they're right. <laughs> so who are you looking to get with the fourth pick? And I'm, and I'm honestly pissed along with them because I don't know who to pick. I know. Because uh, so- this is another team that's kind of similar into the same, like, the Hornet situation where they kind of log in with a lot of young players or players a lot. three, four years in, in, into the league already, and they're kind of coming into themselves. So it's kind of, like, weird what position you, you pick out of. And you have, especially at the guard position, where you have Kevin Porter Jr., you have Jalen Green, you got people like Josh Kisrow off the bench still trying to develop. It's just a log jam. So, what they have available to them? Uh, you got me, Thompson. You got Cam. Well, yeah, uh, I, I would, got- I would assume, I would assume they they would lean towards a Thompson brother, considering they don't really have a defensive guard like whatsoever uh, on their on their roster. Like their their their, their backcourts <laughs> don't play defense like whatsoever. Like it's it's, it's pretty bad. But wait, like, well, wait. Then, Think Eme is going to change that at all? Well, yeah, I was literally, um, yeah. So, Luis, you literally saying that I'm thinking in my head, Eme's there now, but still, bro, they have not one like defensive prospect guard, like <laughs> whatsoever, bro. Like, so they need yeah. one of the Thompson brothers now that I'm looking at it. So, yeah, I'll I'm take probably a men, probably a men Thompson, or and then again, the, the guy Kyrie showed me earlier today was Taylor Hendricks. I, I don't see them drafting him. Considering they again another guy like Jabari Smith and Alperin already there, and another guy like Kenya Martin Jr. who's kind of playing that that small four spot for them, who's been playing great especially this past season. So yeah, I think they unfortunately have to grab another guard, and they may have to end up coming to the decision of getting rid of Kevin Porter Jr. Unfortunately, getting rid of Kevin Porter Jr. Man, I mean, so I think somebody from that guard group is going to end up being traded or probably used for trade talks. I just think that's probably the outcome when you have such a log jam at the guard position. And I don't feel like the Rockets are really too keen on Kevin Porter unless he decides to be a six-man and, you know, removes himself from being a starter. But, you know, man, it's so tough. Johnny, who do you pick the fourth pick, man? You got a wide list of selections, but you just don't know where to go. Trade it. Say no. It ain't much. It ain't much. I mean, I'm, I, I, w- I would say go with the Thompson brother, too. I mean, just for the defensive purposes, he'll get you about two and a half steals a game, almost three, six boards. I mean, that's something he plays better when he, I guess in bigger games, more minutes. He does seem to play better. I mean, uh, eight boards, eight assists under 36 minutes, 21 points per game when he when he plays more. Um, in certain uh, in certain bigger games, so he kind of kind of has a little bit of spark to him. I mean, compared to I don't even know because I'm looking like you said it's a, it's a log jam. I'm I'm looking at Alfred Sanguin down there. They don't really need no 
they're not going to put, I mean, they just want to give somebody to back him up, maybe. Jairus Walker, I mean, that's a reach, probably not. I don't see anybody else other than a Thompson brother to help him out for defensive purposes. I know it. And like, yeah, like I said, they're pretty sick. Yeah, like y'all said, they pretty sick, man. They couldn't get, they couldn't get number one. It's, it's kind of stuck, bro. I don't really know what to do with, with Houston. I will go with the, I mean, Thompson just for the lack of defense, and that's just pulling that straws, pulling that hairs here. That's tough with Ace Town. I mean, listen, it's such a I, tough. You take away the best three prospects, that's where it get real dicey in this draft. Very, very dicey. One wrong step, can set yourself back a couple of years. That is so salty for them. Yeah. <laughs> this one's tough, yeah. Ew. We got screwed over, I say. But the piss is to me, but Kyrie. So, wait, quick summary before we go to Kyrie Lodge. Who are you picking at number four? Yeah, I picked a me, a mean Thompson. No, I know, but just, you know, quick summary. Johnny, who are you picking at number four? This is a quick summary. Um, trade down. Uh, a mean Thompson. A mean Thompson. <laughs> All uh, right, Thompson, Thompson, or Tyrell, shoot. Are, are you going with a Thompson brother here? Or are you gonna shake it up? Um, I've been very, I've been very tempted to. Um, and everything Lodge said made a lot of sense as far as from the main point. I was thinking is uh, Amen being like such a, a a strong perimeter defender in Portland. I mean Portland, Houston, not really believing in that down there. So, um, but it's just where is he going to get minutes in between KPJ? And um and Jalen Green, I know he will get a ton of minutes off the bench and be very effective, but um I don't know if they'll necessarily win like that since they I I, I definitely think he would be um much better in the starting lineup with guys like Sengun that also could pass it and who he who's a, a good target um for men, but um I'm gonna have to go with uh, Jarris Walker who Johnny mentioned who might be a reach, and I was sort of thinking the same thing. But at the same time, I can kind of see how Jarvis uh, fits in in a lot of the same ways we're speaking with Amin. Whereas Jarvis, about six eight, like six eight six nine, he's built like a like a brick. Like he he looks like physically, he looks just like Isaiah Stewart from the Pistons, like just brawl it. Right. But what amazes me is how quick he is on his feet and how nimble his feet are, especially on the defensive end. He's one of the best perimeter defenders mm-hmm. I've seen in college ball this year. Like posi- like position out the window. And, he has okay. six blocks. He he has six blocks versus Auburn in the, in the three sixteen. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. He had six and, blocks and he had a alone. Couple in there. He had a couple steers in there too. I think. Word. Like mm. like shoot. I think in Miami they lost that game. What he put up? Sixteen, four blocks, five doms, eleven mm. boards. Yeah, he's a tryhard. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> what he, 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 he was honestly my favorite. My uh, I would probably say he's my favorite player in college ball this year. Because I'm um, like mm. I said, I, I I can keep raving on the defensive end how quick his feet are. He keeps his chest up and high and, and straight his back straight when he's defending guards on the perimeter. He keeps his hands back. He has very good instincts and good knowledge of what to do and how to avoid fouls. And you're going to need that in, in today's NBA, where guards are always hunting you down to try to get you get you in a foul trouble to get to the line. So, I think you pick him. Especially on the offensive end, where he he put up about 13, 14 points a game, but he wasn't a focal point there. You had Marcus Sasser right. and all their other guard. I can't remember his first name, but his last name was She, who were shooters and got mm-hmm. guys that could get to the basket. I mean, get uh, get to the basket and get and put points on the board. So he really got points out of like dump offs. He could create a little in the elbow area range. Like he's got a nice little mid range jump shot. He's got good touch around the rim. 
I say why not? Mm-hmm. You're useless for real, for real because mm-hmm. you, you, what else are you going to lose? You know, you're not going to be good this season. You draft another guard that can't shoot. I feel like he's already going to be ostracized because you're playing with other guards that want to do nothing but shoot the ball. It could be a balance there, but I, 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 I got to see what he makes uh, out there. So that's my yeah. I think even yeah. He made the big factor in this. Like, how does he use the utilize the lineup? And I think he's proven himself doing what he did his first year. So I, I'm more than excited for him to take the talent that Rockets has. They are a top three team in terms of young developing talent. Definitely a top three team. Could have been number one had they got the pick, but hey, yeah. we're here. But yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Jarvis there. And plus, he already plays in Houston. I'm sure they got a ton of intel on him. I'm sure. I'm sure they at least ten scouts there all season. So, all right, uh, he, he's right there. Jerry's Walker. That's who you're going with. Sure. I like him. Kentucky went hard for this kid, but they stopped pursuing him. They probably saw the writing on the wall with him. Yeah. Now that you now that you do him in there, I think he makes more sense. So you're sliding Jabari to the four. You're putting him at the three. No, I think he – I don't even think – I don't know if he starts. That's the thing. I'm just grabbing him based on – Yeah, but, but I feel but like I a guy like who, that – I don't know who starts. I feel like a guy, he reminds me a lot of Jalen Brown when he came into the league. Yeah. The initial the initial beginning development, both great defenders. They both had no offense. I think the offense was, was, was really, 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 it wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't NBA. It wasn't Jalen Brown who he is now. Do you think I'll, they see that kind of potential with Jerry's Walker? No, but I'll say this. With, as far as like the fit, who you're talking about with Jabari and and, and starting at that four spot, hmm. I'll say whoever fits best like throughout training camp and through summer league or whatever, right. whoever fits best with Alperen Sengun because he has to start at the five. He has to start. And he absolutely, if you want to win, he absolutely has to. Yeah. In my opinion, he's the best player. He is. So whoever fits best with him, that's who starts. But okay. whether it's him. Whether it's Tari Easton, whether it's Jabari, I think they got a, they got a myriad of guys they can pick. KJ Martin Jr., they got a ton of guys they can pick. I don't disagree with you. Don't disagree with you. We move on to the next pick of the draft, the Detroit Pistons. Man, the biggest losers was probably so far, in my, from my opinion, uh, in this draft. Them falling from possibly being one or two to five, such a big difference in this draft class, especially when you look at the top three, looking at Transcendent or... Those guys are all during your franchise. Now, you're the Pistons. You got Cade at one, Jaden Ivey at the two. The three's up, up for grabs. The four, you're throwing Jalen Doran over there. And then the five, you got to go between Isaiah Stewart or James Wiseman. Depending on how you want to look at James Wiseman the past couple of games after he got traded, he looked like the number two, a little bit of shades of number two, the reason why, hey, I see why this guy went number two. Uh, we have yet to see them do that for a full season. So let's see what uh, they can do. But if you're the Pistons, you look at the roster construction, who who are you going with, uh, Johnny? Who are you going with with the fifth pick of the draft? Uh, you know, you got to – so listen, Victor's off, Brandon Miller's off, Scoot's gone. Now, depending on, you know, between one Thompson twin, I mean, and then you got Kyrie with Jerese, which I actually like Jerese and the Rockets, honestly. Houston definitely should have had to scout him. And then you got Lodge. Uh, Lodge, you had <clears throat> one of the Thompson twins, I believe. Uh, yeah. So, well, who are you picking up there, yeah, Johnny? Pick them, man. Exactly. So, who do you have at number five, Johnny? Who, who are you looking to pick for the draft? I would look at, uh, 
I uh I would guess Jarris Walker, but I'm gonna go with I say that he I like him falling. I like I'm, I like him getting. You like Jarris falling? Okay. I no no I like Jar I like Jarris falling to um to Houston first, and Amin mm. gets picked up by Detroit. Um, okay. I like that. I like that fit better. Detroit does value defense. Um, he can fit better with them a little bit more. Uh, what's uh, with six seven two two. Well, I mean Thompson is about six 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 seven. Yeah. He can definitely play a little bit of wing right there. About two hundred almost. Yeah. Like can. I said, two and a half steals, about six rebounds. He can spread the ball. He. I don't think he'll have the ball in his hands as much. No. So that'll let we that'll limit his turnover ratio. Um, he can get you. He, he can. Yeah, he can get you garbage points here and there. I'm not gonna lie. He averaged what 16 points per game this year, so right. not too bad. I I think Detroit can fit with him better than Jarris Walker. I think. I think Amin Thompson goes there. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm not disagreeing with that. Kyrie, give me your thoughts because I, I want to hear both of you guys, and I'm gonna throw 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 my pick. Yeah, I actually had Amin going here since Jarris went to. Uh, I had Jarris going to Houston. I got Amin falling to Detroit. And um, even though Detroit's super disappointed, they missed out on a chance to get Wemby or even Scoop. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think they're still lucky here. And if I'm a GM, you definitely go with a men here because even though you do you just gra- you just drafted a guard in uh in Jaden Ivy last year, the year before right. you got a, a guard slash forward, a wing, but he could play multiple positions like Kay Cunningham. And um, the year before that, you got Killian Hayes. So they, the Pistons have drafted a lot of guards, but I honestly think Killian is on his way out of there. Yeah, Killian is on his way out of there. He, yeah, he's been still disappointed, and I had such high hopes for him. Twenty twenty, the seventh pick in the draft, I believe. But um, yeah. I was such an advocate for us to get him too. Lots of co-sign for me. I was such an advocate for us to try to get him that year. I thought he would be. I thought he would be. I thought he would change some. I but, feel like he, the Pistons did utilize him right, but. You go ahead. Yeah, and he has some redeeming factors. I mean, he's a good defender. He's a pretty yeah. good passer when when he he's focused. But uh, I think I think he gets the boot here. I think he either gets traded, and um, I think they definitely go with him in here. And even and I think it's a perfect I think it's a perfect situation because even though his jump shot's not all the way there, mm. uh, and it, which is really confusing me because the man has some, such a nice jumper like form wise, but it he just does. doesn't go in. That's and um, even off the dribble, like all his his shots look good. They look mechanically good. He gets good elevation, but they just don't go in. But you got a guy, Jada Ivy, who's a pretty good three point shooter, and showed he could get to a, a score from the outside his rookie year. You assume Kid comes back healthy. He's a good knockdown shooter. He won't really have to worry about that if he's if he's uh if he's point guard there, and he's uh he's made in the offense. You got you got Jay, uh, like you mentioned, Colin uh, Jalen Duran as your five man. You got Isaiah uh, Isaiah Stewart as your four man. Another rim runner, mm-hmm. somebody that can catch it down. He he's got a lot of guys he can rely on now. Like the of course. And um he can, he, he can play to his strength. Because Jaden Ivy's not a super strong perimeter defender. Cade neither. Mm-hmm. That's where he can really shine at, at that point of attack defense. So I like him going to Detroit. All right. I mean, I, I like Ami at Detroit too. I was thinking between him and Cam Whitmore from Villanova. Uh, I think him sliding at the number three spot for the Pistons because he's one of those guys. I've watched him at Villanova. What'd you say? No, I was just saying I was thinking about that. Like, you know, six, seven, six, eight, you know, 
Uh, and he really had, you know, he really had a solid season for Villanova. I felt like Villanova, obviously, uh, trying to put him in the best positions, you know, because he was, you know, but they had a lot of veterans on their team. But he still was able to show himself out and still made himself a top 10, you know, a lot of these selections. So that speaks volumes uh, about him. And then, you know, he's a capable three-point shooter. That was one of the areas of weakness coming into the um, to the Villanova season that, you know, they kind of say he might struggle with. But he shot 34.3% from beyond the arc for Villanova. That's 20 for 46, 43.5 on three-pointers from the NBA distance. So with that being said, the kid's extremely athletic. We watched him in the McDonald's. All the, I've watched him personally, uh, the USA. Uh, I watched him during, uh, you know, some of the all-star, you know, uh, selection games in high school. And he's definitely, he, I think he was MVP for the McDonald's All-American game, Kyrie, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, uh Listen, talent-wise, you're not losing anything in terms of talent. He gives you everything defensively. The offense is still growing. He's not limited. Um, between Amin and Cam, I'm going to lean more so with Cam. I think because at that three spot, because it's so stacked at the guard position. I think they got a couple of – I think Pistons got a couple of guards. They got, I think, Killian Hayes. I think they have someone else named Hamadou Diallo, I believe. Then it was someone else, too. Who was it? Saban Lee? Am I wrong? Or I could be just be throwing out names. It, they got a lot of guards. No. So, but I, I like the mean Thomas over there too. I I wouldn't. I'm not mad if they take him. I understand the fit coming from what you guys are saying, but I, I, I'm I'm, a, I'm gonna stick with Cam. I think Cam would be the best fit for the Pistons. Still the Cam. All right. So we going on to the Magic, the Orlando Magic. They just got a rookie of the year, Paolo Bancaro, man. Just one rookie of the year, well-deserved, unanimous in my opinion. Should have been unanimous if he wasn't. Uh, definitely deserved that rookie of the year. Now, where do we stack from there? And the Magic is one of those teams, once again, in terms of potential, they kind of don't get talked about as much, but Magic is certainly up there in terms of young potential. You got Bobo, who's looking like, a, a light version of Victor Wembyama, maybe a light version of it. But I'm sure if you watched a couple of Magic games like I did, Bobo looked like almost a steal. Can they pick them at 40 something in the second round? It was the 40 something pick in the draft? And he's looking like a steal. He's looking like a steal. I'm not going to lie to you. But I want to give him a full season to show that he can play like that at least 60 games for me before I start getting on the hype train of Bobo. But I'm going to swing it to you, Kyrie. Who are you picking at six, considering the roster? You got a rookie of the year in Paolo at the four. You got Bobo at the five. You got Jalen Suggs at the two or one, depending on who you ask. Franz Wagner, your guy, at number three. Talk to me. Who do they need at that? Who do they need at that sixth position? Um, I think they go with who you just mentioned and, and Cam Whitmore. Mm-hmm. And that was another, another player at Villanova. I really loved. Uh, I lo- really loved watching this season. Villanova yeah. was pretty bad this year, so he didn't really get to stand out too much. He put up sure did modest numbers, like fourteen points, five or six boards a game. Right. Averaged over a steal a game, which I really liked. He shot very efficiently. Mm-hmm. I, I think I told you this before. I might have been talking a lot, but he really reminds me of like the. He really shows like a lot of Anthony Edwards type of traits in his game. From his jump shot and his outside shooting ability, his form even looks very similar. His his explosiveness when he gets to the rim, when he gets two feet in the paint, and um his his how powerful he is on his drive. He has right. a lot of Anthony Edwards like traits. He's not as polished as Anthony Edwards was coming out. Of course, Anthony Edwards was number one. I mean, Ned is the number one pick uh, right. coming out. But um that jump that jump shot, I'm sold on it. 
Um, he's a very okay. solid finisher. He has good instincts, and he, he's he's a very very good athlete. He's a lot. He had a lot of good putbacks, and um, mm-hmm. even like rebounds, he he got up. He, he would sky up for um when he was back at Villanova. It just showed how good his uh, his athleticism was, how how explosive he is, right. and um, he has a lot of upside. And I think another thing that's really good about him that could fit him in with Orlando, who they have a lot of guys. They have a lot of young guys, like you mentioned, Paulo. Brian, mm. they still got different thugs. They're uh, they're developing right. Markel, both Cole Anthony. They have a whole bunch of young guys. But right. I, I, think, I think Cam Whitworth yeah. come in as kind of like a utility with Army Knife guy because he's very good at cutting and getting open like off ball. And um, once he gets like I said, once he gets two feet in the paint and he gets and he gets a possession, he's hard to stop because he's very powerful. He knows how to uh, throw his right around and use his body to create space and to get the angles that he needs. So. I think he could be a very nice pick right here for the Orlando Magic. And that's definitely and that's definitely a great analysis from that standpoint. My mic was on mute. And you know what? Cam with the Magic, the Magic is so clocked up. That's why I wouldn't I wouldn't want Cam to go there. Because they got they got so many players over there that can be utilized with the Magic, and I just feel like Cam. I think Cam would be a nice piece for the Magic, but it depends on how they utilize. Where would you say, Kyrie? I'm saying you think he can kind of get lost there. Uh, he would. I feel like he would, and their friends been playing well. So what's the opportunity for him to ever start at that point? You could start him at the two, but that's you're basically you're you're, you're banking on that that. That NBA percent, that three point percentage, you're banking on that. That translates. You're really mm-hmm. banking on that at that point. But I'm yeah. not mad. I'm not mad. I'm yeah, not it, mad it, Orlando's like I said, Orlando's in a tough spot being such a deep team and having such a high pick. Like it's in situations like this, kind of hard not to call the log jam. All right, Johnny. I'm gonna swing it to you, Johnny. What's your thoughts? Well, honestly, it gets a little, it gets harder and harder around this time. Uh, around this time, a part for the draft, especially if you're the Orlando Magic. Um, like I, I actually agree with the um idea, with the concept of too many guards there for Cam, um, to fit. You know, with Franz Wagner playing how he is, and I think Cole obviously, and um the other guards that they have there. I I agree, I agree as well, which is why I think they go a little bit bigger. Um, I mean, I, the next available, I guess, best available player would be Taylor Hendricks, uh, a six-nine forward, um, a three and like he shot thirty-nine percent from three this year, six percent, six point two percent block rate. So he can he can defend the rim, he can stretch the floor. Um, that's what any team needs. Um, uh, can he? I think I think he could fit. I think they could fit him more in as a wing player than they can with the guards that they have. Ah, he plays a little bit above the rim. I think he's the, just the next best athlete available, and I think they go there a little bit as far as like staying small, as far as going with the guard area. Again, it's tough though. Ain't too many, ain't too much to pick from around here. Yeah, I, I kind of like Taylor. I kind of like the thought of Taylor Hendricks going there because they don't have a lot of rim protection, and Taylor Hendricks definitely provides that. I, I kind of like that too. Colin, you are mute, bro. Oh, I mean, for the Magic, they're not necessarily uh, 
I don't know. You got Bobo and Paulo. You got to hold Paulo at some point turn himself to a solid defender. But I like having him come off the bench. Because who does the bench have for the Magic? They trade away Mo Bamba. Who they have in terms of big man? Because I know the Magic got a lot of big men as well. That's the problem. They just stacked at every position. So Yeah. It's like we say this every year when it comes to draft time. Right. We say it for the past two, three years. We say that about the Magic. Like, they... They got Tuma, Kiki, uh, Wendell Carter. They picked up Batata today from the Pacers. Then they Jonathan. put Jonathan Eisen on the max con. Then they give him like some contract extension. Like, they did. Yeah. They extended him. They extended yeah. him. Yeah. Like, where's go. the. I don't want any prospect going to the Magic. I think they should really trade the pick, give it to us, the Sixers. We were more than glad to draft somebody from this draft and rock out with them. And see what we can do with that. But if I'm the Magic, I'm I don't I don't like any prospect going over there because it's the fact that they're so stacked. But I, I like Johnny's um, suggestion. I you know if I had to pick maybe, but uh, the Magic, I don't know Kyrie. I feel like the Magic's potential is definitely sky high though. They just gotta yeah. take that next step. They just need someone like they need a dominant guard. So with that being said. I didn't pick a mean. Wait, did I pick a mean for the fourth pick? I think I picked the mean for the fourth pick. Maybe we go with Asar Thompson for the Magic. Asar would be nice there too. The, you know, you know the MVP of the overtime elite. You know, I think anybody that can play multiple positions. I think would be good for the Magic. Yeah, yeah. and that's kind of why I went with Cam because you can slot Mm -hmm. Cam at the two. You can slot in exactly. You can, you can play them in small ball four situations. Right. And I'm thinking of the guys they have, like France. He balances out so well with them because you just you can have France on one side of the floor. You can have Cam on the other. Same thing with Paulo. Same thing with Cole and and Jalen, who aren't really good shooters. Like that's that's what I imagine when I when I see Cam Whitmore going there. You know what? And, and I, I don't just I do, but Cam would just I feel like he would just get overshadowed. And that whole roster. That's my biggest thing. I want Cam to shine. I think Cam, he's one of those guys, he's got to be put in the right situation. And if you utilize him the right way, we say it's about every prospect. But you put him in a – it's really people underestimate the teams that these guys go to. They really determine everything too. So, right. But, you know, like I said, I, I like Johnny's, Johnny's choice. I like Kyrie's choice. Like I said, I love this draft, honestly, because you really don't know outside the top three. Maybe the top five. You really don't know. You're just going off of what you can, the film and everything like that, scouting reports. But we move on to the seventh pick in the draft. And the Indiana Pacers, man, they got a point guard in Tyrese Halliburton, man. That that guy's a problem, right? And then you got Bennett, Benedict. That's another problem. Oof. Your backcourt is pretty much set right there. You don't really got to worry about the backcourt anymore. So now you, we're looking at the three or five for the, the Pacers, in my opinion. Miles Turner is still there. How long is he still there for? We don't know. He got to factor that in into that decision as well. Isaiah Jackson is the four over there between him and Daniel Diaz. Uh, maybe they could possibly move one of them or they keep both. Uh, they got a lot of big men over there at the Pacers, too. Jalen Smith. Uh, who was the one at number five? I think it was Bits. I can't pronounce his last name for the life of me. There you go. And, um, you they, they, <laughs> and then they got somebody else, too. But basically, this pace is a stack, too. 
just from yeah. the forward position to five. So I was gonna say Taylor Hendricks, but I said, man, I don't want him to get benched here. But if he falls there around this range, they have him going between seven to fourteen. But they say he's been rising through the combine, he's been rising through the whole draft process so far. And he right. wasn't even the top fifty recruit. Right? He wasn't even the top fifty recruit at the high school. He had an impressed me year. I mean, a really great, good freshman year. And it's like, now he's trying himself into the lottery. Are you sold on him? Are you buying the hype on this guy? Do you think he's deserved to be the seventh pick? Who's your seventh pick, though? Sorry. Uh, I got to hear your thoughts. He, he He's definitely somebody that can be in this range. I'm not going to disagree with you there. Okay. I just don't like the fit for Indiana, personally, because of all mm. the big men. Like I said, Miles Turner, O'Shea, even though he's a free agent this, uh, this right. year. Isaiah Jackson, who's still developing and, and, and turning into a nice player himself. For the Pacers, um, definitely. I like it. I, I, I want to, I want Indiana to get a defender. Um, when you look up the when you look up their roster, you don't really see a lot of like, uh, you don't really see a lot of solid perimeter defenders. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton's a better perimeter defender than he gets credit for. But right. Buddy Hill's not that good. Benedict Mathur is not that good yet on that end. Um, Chris Duarte can use some work on that end. So that's why I think they go with a guy like Asar Thompson, um, the second okay. Thompson brother, or okay. the other, okay. other half to the twin set. And you can um, put him at the three. I like it. I, I can play him and put him somewhere in the two, two and the three spot. He could probably right. take someone down the line too. He, okay. His handle's not that bad. No. Nope. Um, he's a good, he has good instincts and is a good passer, just like his brother too. His brother's just got it on another level. Right. But uh, Asar is a better shooter though, which is what I like here. Because he still fits into that Indiana kind of culture, that, uh, that Indiana kind of scene where all right. the wing got too much. The culture, the yeah. yeah. You, you can shoot. You can you can shoot alongside uh, Tyrese Halliburton. You can run and transition with him because let's not forget he's a freak athlete too, right. a hell of an athlete. And um, I just think that's a guy they need. Um, somebody that can uh, get out and transition with Tyrese and with Buddy who who's on uh, on the lanes. He can mm-hmm. uh, spread out the floor with Benedict Matherin and Chris Duarte when he's when he's on the floor with either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he can he can find guys like Miles and Isaiah in, in a pick and roll situation. He's he, uh, using their abilities as live threats. I really like right. I really like the uh, the fit here. I think Osar could really thrive here. So I'm gonna go with our side at number seven. All right, Johnny, who are you going at number seven? Who 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 are you rocking with, man? Uh, choices, choices, choices. I actually like um I like a star for them. Oh, I, I, I definitely do. Good call. Good call, Kyrie. I actually do. Um, my thing is, um, I ain't gonna lie, like six, seven, seven foot wingspan, uh, more of a wing, more of an off ball perimeter player compared to his brother. Um, mm-hmm. six assists, seven boards a game. He'll get you about two steals. Right. Um, uh, what six average about sixteen points this year. My thing is though, um, he does have to shoot better for me. He does. Okay. I think he shot like about thirty percent on like three or thirty percent makes. Of his makes were all like three t- three attempts a game per shooting. I actually didn't know that about him. I didn't think right. that. I think Amin is the better shooter, but I think mm. Amin shoots more. I think he'll shoot. I think he'll shoot more. But Asar, he gets his um uh he gets his more in transition. He's more uh, like that. That's where he's really like he reach he he just catches wreck on defense and he's out he's out on the floor running. But he can spread to that wing if he can if he can learn to get to that corner if he can if he can live on that corner and and fast break. I think it's. I think he'll be better, a better shooter. He's better off ball, so I think he'll live more with Tyrese Halliburton. How many dimes right. did Reese have like last year? Like I think he was like second in the league in James Harden and assists. If he wasn't, he was like mm-hmm. third or something. But 
So he'll, I think he'll feed more off of that. Um, a star is, be- it's a better fit personally. And I think, um, yeah, I like him better on defense. I like him better at, at, like physically as a fit for them. And on top of that, like, yeah, it's really crowded in the guard, in the guard area as far as Indiana. So I think a star fits better there for them as far as the forward area. All right. Okay. Nice options here. I love the draft selection so far. Oh, man, I can't wait for the draft. We're moving on to the eighth pick of the draft. And listen, the Wizards, another team, you don't know what to do with the Wizards. Bradley Bill just came from a serious injury. Porzingis played well, averaged, I think, 20 a game this year, had nine boards, a couple assists. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, he, he could get hot. And, and, you know, when he's hot, he's hot, right? You know, very few people can stop him. And when he's cold, <laughs> the guy's cold. Uh, Johnny Davis looks like a bust. Not going to lie to you. Not going to lie to you. Looks like a bust. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm the Wizards, I've watched this guy, and I'm saying, listen, Kaysen Wallace. Kaysen Wallace at number eight for the Wizards. Listen. He well, gives that's you, not bad, Carla. That's not listen, bad. Listen. Listen, who's who's the point guard for the Wizards? Wright, I believe. Dylan Wright. Yeah, I, right, him. Come on. Let's let's stop this. <laughs> right? Let's stop this. Let's bring in Case of Wallace, the best defensive guard outside of Anthony Black and um Asura Thompson. He's probably he was number one in steals outside of those two. And he was 24 for 57 from the three-point line, NBA distance, 42%. That was one of his biggest weaknesses. They criticized him coming in uh, to college. He was going to be a terrible three-point shooter. He's knocked down enough threes to make you defensive be honest, and he's not horrible with the three. Now, you got that major issue out the way. Defensively, he checks all the boxes. He was talking about Jarese Walker. Well, he's the guard version of Jarese. He does everything you want. On ball, anticipating steals, the passing lanes. He just reads the defense as well. And when he plays man-to-man, I'm talking about man-to-man defense. When you give him a guy, you tell him, get him, he gets him. I'm telling you, body up, just like you said, chest, body, everything, position, footwork. Uh, I think if I'm the Wizards, and if you keep the pick, you don't know, maybe the Wizards traded. I'm looking at Case and Wallace, and I'm saying, hey, this could be our guard right here. Uh, Yo, I'm not going to lie to you, Colin. You might have just yeah. told me, bro. Um, I might have showed you. All right, okay. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, was, I was thinking right. Anthony Black right here. Just because. Tell uh, me about it. Tell, no. There you go, Ray. There you go, I, I take Jason over Anthony Black. No, but I, no, I, I, I'm agree with you, Tom. But listen to me. Right. I was only thinking. I was only thinking Anthony Black right here. He's mm-hmm. a six, six seven. Um, I think Jason six four. Uh, yeah, but I think he's. A, I think he's a better shooter than what he he uh, displayed this year at Alabama. No. And I think. I can see it. I can see him. I can project him. Now, you're banking on that. You're Anthony, you're banking on Anthony. Casey has proved himself to legit. You can't that's just le- undercut him. That's true. And that's great he for shoots. a guy like Casey. And that's why I was he going shoots. to say, I think Casey, uh, you, like, you, like I said, bro, you told me he's definitely going to be the pick right here because when you think of like their past picks, um, like a guy like Corey Kisper, he needs a guy down the line that's going to be able to set it up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Davis, if he ever gets it together sometime down the line, he could be a great off the right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I, I think even though he only, Casey only averaged like four dimes a game this season, I think. And that's not believe, his fault. 
It's not his fault. It's definitely the Kentucky offense. I already know. exactly. He he showed he showed me instincts where he, he he like he knows where to put the ball. He knows how to put guys in good situations. He's shown to run the pick and roll. Even though I want to see him do it a little bit more, he's, he's pretty good in the pick and pick and roll situations. So um, and then as a defender, that's really the part. Where, that's really my favorite part about Casey Wallace. The most elite aspect of his game. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. When the Nick, when we had our first round pick. Um, before Dallas cheated and took it, we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> Hayston Wallace is my guy. That was, mm. That's who I wanted right there. If we had like a mm. that range, mm. range, that was who I wanted right there, bro. I, I wish the Sixers could trade for him, honestly. I just the, the, the defensive part for me is what makes me so happy. Like, I love his defense, watching him yeah. play defense. I loved he, it. He, He's tough. He's, he's rugged. Tough. He's, 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 he'll, he'll get you about down. He'll, he'll get you about two. Yep. Right, Johnny. Right. He'll right. get, he'll so, get uh, you about two steals a game. Two steals, yeah. uh, two two blocks a game, 1.5 blocks a game. He's gonna get you blocks and steals. That's the greatest part about it. And he shoots, and like you and like you said, Kyrie, I like Anthony Black, but Kaysen shoots just a tad bit better. And that's I'm so upset at Anthony Black about that. And I think that's the only thing that's gonna have Kaysen go go ahead of him. So that's I, I like Kaysen all around. I really am a fan of Anthony Black, but Casey's the better pick. I like it, yeah, defensively, but yeah, he 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 shoots a little bit better. I ain't gonna lie, he okay. shoots thirty like off a four off a four makes. He's gonna make almost fifty percent of it. Like yeah. out of four shot attempts, he's gonna make at least fifty percent of it. So that's more consistent. I think like Anthony Black shot like like less than like th- almost thirty percent this yeah, year. He shot like thirty percent on the dot. And he shot more too, but yeah, I think like but still. Casey's the better shooter. I'll go with that, too, as well. Okay. Now, the last point, Casey takes really good care of the ball, too, which I like for, for the Wizards. Casey yeah. does take care of the ball. Take care of the ball. And he's 19, fresh, young. Listen, man, I like Casey with the Wizards. I hope the Wizards, if they do bake him, you never know. Casey could actually play himself high if he do well at the individual workout, the private workouts, you know. Hey man, mm-hmm. he's got all the potential. I think Cal's offense is garbage. That's why he's really not <laughs> considered. He's not a top five pick in all honesty. Sorry. Really, uh, that offense is really that bad. Let's go to the ninth pick before I get upset. Uh, the ninth pick is the Utah Jazz. Man, the Utah, another team with the second highest draft picks. I think outside of OKC. Uh, man, I don't know yeah. what the Utah Jazz is gonna do, but if they're looking at a point guard. I don't know if they're looking at a shooting guard. The small forward position. They're set at the four and five. Walker Kessler and Laurie Marketing or Doka. I have such a hard time saying this guy's last name. But you know Doka from Kansas. Yes, sir. So they're set. They're semi-set at the front court position. But I won't be surprised if they look for someone from the front court position. But if I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm looking at Anthony Black. Let's get it, point guard-wise. Because you can't have Colin Sexton running the point guard. Uh, who The point guard right now for the Utah Jazz isn't Mike Conley no more. So what point no. guard do they have? It's Colin Sexton and Chris Dunn. That's ridiculous. So now we take Anthony Black and we bring him to the mix. What's your thoughts on that? And do you like that? Because he's my pick for number nine. I think Anthony Black. Do, but I, I do like that. Um, because Anthony Black, like you mentioned, Colin, even though they got they have him with, listed more as like a swing man, like like playing that two or three, right. I can see his upside as a, as a as a point guard. As, as a, a point, point guard, guard. that's he, he's he's six seven, 
He's yes. got long arms. And he's a he's a very very good defender. He's a rangy defender. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Jazz though, he's a Swiss Army knife. He got the blend of size, yeah. playmaking, defensive ability. He was able to draw more fouls. It's just that the shooting's just not there. But you're banking on him that the kid's a hard worker, and he the Utah Jazz is a system where they will properly develop him. And I think he could exceed as a point guard. Now you got your future point guard. I think Larry Markkinen, I think he believed he's on the, um, what was it, I believe? I think he could p- potentially be out for the Jazz maybe next year because he's he's on a mission, I believe, for uh, based on his religion. I don't no, know if you guys. For the Swiss Army, he has, like, right. for the service. He has, he's Swiss, right? Or no, yeah. finish, finish. Right. Finish Army. He had, like, mandatory service. I think he's supposed right. to be back before the start, though. Okay, well. Don't okay, let's, on that, but I, from the article I, I read, I believe they said he's supposed to be back to the season starts now. But with, with, with that in mind, with either him coming back or not coming back, I just feel like Anthony Black would, he's not a selfish guard. Sexton is a selfish guard, unfortunately. Uh, he's just best with the ball in his hands and just telling him, yo, Sexton, just play defense the way you play defense and just score. Right? He's not, Sexton's not a point guard. Honestly, Sexton was never a point guard at this point. Um, not from college, maybe in high school, but college, he certainly wasn't a point guard. So I think Andy Black fits here, man. I, I like Andy Black for the Jazz. I was really holding him for the next pick in the draft, but now I'm looking at it. I think maybe the Jazz need him a lot more. But we're gonna go. Uh, wait, let me swing to Johnny first. Johnny, then swing to Kyrie. Who yeah. you like in number nine? I would say I, I would say Anthony Black because I like. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, he's. He's the better fit. Like I said, you got to go fit here, man. He's the better fit for this Utah Jazz team um, more than I, I see. I'm looking down here. I like it's, it's a couple of other young cats that do stand out to me. I like Grady Dick. I like Deontay Dick. George. I, you talking about I was, ba- I was battling. Be- I was actually battling Deontay, between him and Andy And you know Black. why? And you know why I said uh, you uh, the aforementioned Mr. Grady, we'll call him that. You talk about a name that's hard to say. I like him, but he's like one dimensional. <laughs> Keontae, yeah, we'll call him Keontae. <laughs> the children's show. The children's show. Keontae, I'm sorry, Keontae George. Um, I like him as well, especially because Utah Another is one. between him and Anthony Black. Because I think Utah is not. I wouldn't say a Donovan Mitchell replacement, but man, I'm talking a kid that knows how to score on all three levels here. Um, I mean, right. he, like, as far as he shot 42% for field goal range, a little bit, what, 30% from three-point range, surprisingly. I don't know why, but this kid, he's more of an insider. He knows how to get to his spots. He knows how to he, – he's an incredible finisher. Um, He's a bucket. I'm not going to lie. He's a bucket. And low-key, he can lock up. Now, I wouldn't say lock up, but he's got, like – we'll call it sound perimeter defense. Um, He doesn't get burnt mm-hmm. too much, and he can – he can score on the opposite end. So I think Utah okay. is attracted to that. They've always been attracted to those types of guards, those types of scorers, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchells, like mm-hmm. um, players of that nature. They've always liked players like that. And I think Keontae George would have been uh, – they, they probably would have looked at him as well. But I think Anthony Black probably will fit their mold better. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. And Keontae, he might fall too far. I'm not sure, I had- bro. Honestly, Kyrie, I had one prospect in mind, but you know what? I, I'm gonna talk about him later on because his rookie—he didn't play college basketball too much for me, and I'm so yeah. 
think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Because I was thinking about him. Yeah. And, and, but he's, to me, he's just an uncertainty for me. But he Smith? has a talent. Huh, who is it? Is it Nick, Nick Smith? Smith Jr. Nick I was Smith. actually okay. thinking of him for the Jazz. Because they need a scorer. Now Johnny throw that in my head. But I'm like, man, he didn't play enough for me. When he played, he didn't. You know, he didn't. But the talent-wise, I'm not. You, you can't ignore Nick Smith. But we're going to save him for later. I love you now, so Johnny. I like your pick. Kyrie, talk to me, man. I'm actually glad you brought up Nick Smith because um, mm. while I was looking up the Jazz roster earlier, I was thinking the same thing. Like, you know, they, they, it would really be nice for them to have a point guard. And um, I was I was debating heavily between Nick Smith and even though mm. he's not a point guard, great Grady. Grady did right. Those were the those were the two prospects I've been, and I really love the Anthony Black pick uh, that you guys uh, threw out there. I really think he could fit in well there too. But I'm gonna go ahead and say I, I gotta go with Grady, and here's why. One Utah sniper sniper. They they could potentially use uh, lose Jordan Clarkson, and um somebody else. There's another guard they could uh, possibly use a free agency. I can't think of his name right now. Yeah. But uh, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. That's who it is. There you go. They could possibly lose them in free agency this, season, uh, mm. this off season. And uh, I think but, like the best thing to replace it, because that's over like that's over like 30, 35, 40 points a game almost that you're going right. to lose. If you, were, if you were to lose them both, you know, there's nobody saying that they're going to lose them both. Right. But I think in the, in the, uh, in the case that you lose one of them, Bench shooting is highly valued in the NBA today, and I think a guy like Grady Dick that uh, can come out and um has a straightforward approach. Johnny mentioned his game being one dimensional. I can kind of see why he says that, mm-hmm. but I think his game is. I think he is what he is already, you know. Yeah. And that's not to say he has a limited. Uh, he has a limited ceiling. I think he already found his niche, which is an advantage when you're talking about other younger guys coming into the league that are trying to find mm-hmm. their niche. I think Grady Dick can go to any team and provide what he provided at Kansas. Right. Outside shooting. Solid to, solid to pretty good defense um, in, 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 in space. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very, very good cutter. He's a really, really smart basketball player. Gotcha. And um, I really like watching him operate. I really like watching him go through the processes of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, there can be times where he kind of goes ghost and he kind of fades away. But um, he always comes back. And he'll just hit it like a deep three from like 30, 30, 35 feet out. Right. And um, he'll, he'll just he'll just get it going, and like he'll get the crowd going. He just he just got that swagger to him that I think a a a, a fan base like Utah could really covet. Okay. And I can honestly I can see him being a big time scorer down the line. I honestly can. He's got the handles. He's not he's not super flashy with or anything. But think of like an Austin Reeves type of guy. Right. He can get spots. He's crafty. He I like that. Work. I like that. That's I mean, all. Hin- that's all hinging who, on the point guard for me, then. Because he's not a guy. He's a big. I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying. You start. You start with Grady off the bench. Okay. You start with Grady. You start. I'm saying you start with Grady off the bench first. All right. Okay. Yo, bro. He's still in the point guard, and, and this this the good thing is though is this draft is point guard heavy, so you you should have no right. problem. Training. And within the twenties, like late first round, mid first round, early second round, even to find yourself a quality point guard, you could bring in a right. Right. 
He okay. shot forty percent from three. He's six eight. Who can't use a who can't use a uh, a player like that? And he's great off ball. Anyway. He's one, he's a he's an off ball professional at times. And mm-hmm. who just can't use that, bro? Six, six eight, forty percent from three. So not mad at that, Mister Grady. <laughs> All right, listen, I'm not mad at that pick. I think between Andy Blake or Grady, you think either one of them? I think Utah Jazz will be heavily looking at, and Jazz probably has other people in mind. But I think those two are probably the best prospects in terms of the Utah Jazz. Me, personally speaking, I, I think the Utah Jazz is setting themselves up to have a pretty nice future themselves, you know. Larry Marketing turned himself to be that guy. Uh, Colin Sexton, if he could give you at least 15 to 17, 18 points a game consistently, they get a nice point guard, maybe depending on who they draft, who they get in the free agency, the Utah Jazz can shoot themselves back into the playoff team. Remember, they, was lead, they, were, they were in the playoff hunt the first half of the season. In the second half of the season, it kind of dipped off, but the Utah Jazz got a lot of potential. Another team to watch out inside the West. When we move on to the tenth pick in the draft, slight way over with the dra- uh, the lottery selections. We got four more picks, but the tenth pick of the draft, the Dallas Mavericks. Now I was this is where I would have slotted uh, Grady at because I feel like the the Mavs bench they need a lot of help, right? Grady's an okay defender. What Kyrie said, everything Kyrie had pointed out, I agree with him in terms of Grady Dick, and that's why I think personally he would slide with the Mavs at number 10 for me. I like him at number 10 for the Mavs. I, I really like that. Depending on Kyrie, what is Kyrie's future with the Mavs? <laughs> How many years do we have from his contract? Well, is I he an unrestricted free agent this year? I think he's here. Can he? Yeah. He's an unrestricted free agent this year. So, depending on what they do with that, you know what's crazy? I think this is a pick where it, it might we making our predictions. I think Andy Black could be drafted number ten, and then Grady Dick drafted number nine. But I think it's either one of the or in, in my opinion. I think they both switch. They, they both fit each other perfectly. What's your thoughts on that, Kyrie? I'm gonna have to disagree here, just because mm. Dallas Dallas is in a bad position. And um, it's because they're bad at a position, and that's the big man spot. Okay. I, you're not gonna, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna be successful with 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 Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleber as your main rotational bigs. And I don't know what this year was for Christian Wood. I don't know what Jason Kidd thought he was doing with him. And and I and I get it. Christian Wood's not all that in a bag of chips, but. I just feel like he was underutilized, and he didn't get to show a lot of the things and, and contribute to the, a lot of a lot of the weaknesses that uh, Dallas showed this season on the re, like as far as rebounding, second chance points, um, just interior defense all around. Dallas is a very, 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 very weak team when it comes to their big man position, and um, mm-hmm. they have a lot of guys in that position that are free agents this season. Um, no saying whether they'll come back or not. As far as Christian, Dwight Powell, Marquise Morris. And um, because of that, because they're such a, an abysmal defensive team, a bad rebounding team, they they literally lost so many games this season just because teams will come back because they can't rebound. They, exactly, they can't rebound. They give up offensive rebounds, and the team is back in it. They give extra possessions, the team is back in it. So because of that, I got them to go with, going with Taylor Hendricks, um, at six, mm. at six nine, long arms, a nice uh, a nice built frame. He's very athletic and has good timing um, when it comes to going up to contest shots. He's somebody that has kind of like that Rudy Gobert, uh, Ben Wallace effect 
even the, even now they wouldn't be effect where you even scored it. You're even scored, right. you're scared to even go to the paint on him just because of how okay. imposing and you you know he can he he can reach up high and, and uh snap whatever shot you put up out of the air. And uh I just think yes. Dallas needs needs to start their big man, their their uh four and five position uh rebuild with him right there. Just because he's such a right. good shot block. He he's a tenacious rebounder. And um on top of it, he fits in with what they like to do. He can shoot the ball. He shot uh, okay. right under forty percent from three this season. He can somebody, he's somebody that can uh, step out in the pick and pop. Um, with if you still got Kyrie, if you got Lucas, somebody you got a big man finally, he can dump it off to outside and gotcha. with some type of consistency. So um, I think Taylor Hendricks is definitely a no brainer for Dallas right here at time. All right, Johnny, who are you picking that time? Um, because I had um, because I said I I had Grady honestly um for mm. at ten to Dallas, but I, I had a backup player too. too um because like I said before I feel like well like you said Kyrie I believe you he 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 will be a better scorer later on down the line. When I say one dimensional, I just means he's so good at shooting. Like you said, he found his niche, and I feel like Luca would love that. So I'm like. Um, and I, I'm not even gonna mention Calvin, like you said, we don't we'll know the future with him, but let's just say he stays and whatever for now, at least for this year. Um, he, that's another player that can help them spread the floor, like you say, any NBA team can use that. Um, Keontae George, I don't think he mix is, I don't think he mixes with Kyrie a little bit, but like you said, mm-hmm. Dallas is so small up front, um, in, in the front court. I wouldn't be. I'm. I'm looking. What's the kid from uh, Michigan? Jet. <laughs> what's the kid from Michigan? I forget his name. Yeah, him. Yeah, uh, the six eight. Yeah, Jet. Six, six, um, Jet uh, Howard. In here. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Jet Howard. Was it six eight two fifteen? No, yeah, no, no, no. That's not. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Well, he was a forward, I think. I think he's right. listed as a forward. And um, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so I'm like that's how small they are. Like you said, if they can't get like uh a veteran forward to, to strengthen up or toughen up that paint, but I don't think they'll draft there that young. They'll probably go ahead and pick something up for free agency. So I think as far as drafting, um, they go Grady here based off of his play style. He's better off ball. Um, Luca's a walking triple double. He'll he'll eat off that. He'll eat off Kyrie. He'll eat off of um, like he pretty much can ride with that second unit. He'll have. I think he'll he'll develop there pretty good. They do pretty good with with those types of players anyway. Um, I think he, I got him going to Dallas. If not, I got Dallas probably trying to strengthen up front and maybe going Jet as a backup player if they don't go with Grady. But I'd be surprised if they did. I mean, I was thinking of the 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 big guy from Duke, Derek Lively, since they says look the back court, the front court position. Gary Jet Lively. Shoots, Je, I that know Jets do better. Jets Jets shot like thirty nine percent. I think I know. This year. No, he is, the, and, that, from, and that's a three. great. That's and, a great pick. And their wasn't really that good this season. But I was honestly just about to ask you, Colin, if you felt like he'd be worth the risk for Dallas right here. I, I given think given you you interior D right now. He's an well, he's an elite rim protector that averaged two point five blocks a game. He defends the ball screens. He can drop. You know, he can hard hard hedge and recover. And then mm-hmm. he's mobile, too. He's really mobile. So, he got a 7-8 wingspan, man. 7-1 and 
and like you said, the front court position is really dire. Potentially, those guys could leave, or you know, they could demand some money. The Mavs might not be willing to give them. I think at this point for the Mavs, I like. Do they Johnny draft there? I like Do Johnny. They draft? Though. I, I was really yeah. gonna say Dan Lively until Johnny brought up uh, his pick. I'm like, you know yeah. what? But I'm surprised. You know, I think will they draft? At the front court. That's what I'm thinking. I, I, I don't even know if the Mavs could trade this to try and get like a more established front court player. You don't know. The Mavs could do a lot with this pick. But if I'm the Mavs, if, if they do keep the pick, I'm going with Johnny's choice. The runner up is Derek Lively just because he did at an mm-hmm. inconsistent freshman year. Yeah. He did. And you kind of, you're banking on him because he's young. So he has time to develop. And the Mavs are a good organization for development to a certain extent. Uh, Josh Green would be the only testament to that. Saying, well, look at what he did with Josh Green. He, well, Josh Green was playing the crowded Reggie Bullock. I think they had a lot of guys. The Mavs had a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Just no defenders. Yeah. That's the problem. No defenders. A lot of offensive guys, no defenders. Anthony Black will fit in tonight, too. Uh, yeah, I said between if Black doesn't go to the Jazz at nine, then the the more than likely the Mavs will probably pick him at 10. But they need a front court, but maybe that's not what they're looking for. Maybe they think they could get an established front court, VI trade, VI for agency. But with that, we move on to the next pick, the 11th pick. Three more picks to go. The Orlando Magic, once again, we're back at it. Who are they taking? Such a clock filled roster. <laughs> Who are we? Listen, man. Who, listen, Johnny, I want to start with you. Who are we getting at, Johnny? Keontae, baby. He goes in that court. He goes in that. They love guards, bro. They love guards. I was, they I was guards. really. They love bucket getters. Keontae goes there. I was going to um, Three-level score. I was going to say Keontae more so. You know what? Go ahead. I like it. I mean, shit. Yeah. I mean, who else? What? what uh, they that, yeah. they just love they, they and they're big they're they're, already, they're yeah. good on, I, they're fine in the front court um right. I they like the guard position he's a three little he, uh, he he's all right like I said before three level score um so, a little bit he's sound on defense he doesn't get burnt he's all right he's better than the fast break he can handle the basketball I got I got him coming off the bench as a spark helping out Terrence Ross relieving him mm. uh is Terrence Ross coming off the bench with the uh, Magic still. I believe or they he's started him sometimes. Oh, he's okay. a, he he moved he's in Denver now? He's in Phoenix. Oh Phoenix. Oh, in Cancun. Mm-hmm. Oh, every every time I every time I think about the uh, magic, I think about Terrence Ross because we've been there so long. But, <laughs> <laughs> but even, even even more so, Keontae slides in that spot. I think he goes there. I mean, then, but then that that's the question of so are you not impressed with Jalen Suggs? Are you not high on I like J- I like Markel Jalen Suggs as an off ball? No, it's Cole Anthony. Not Joe, I like Cole, no. Cole Anthony's J- a little undersized. Of course, of course, J. Cole Anthony, baby, that's my starter. J. No, Cole I Anthony. I that's my boy. That's my guy. That's my guy. J. Cole Anthony. I like right. though. I, I like him sliding in. I don't like um. Um, I personally, I don't like Markel Fultz. Um, he's a, I'm going to call him a late bloomer. He has been playing better. I'm not going to lie. He had his best year this year uh, around a field goal. I think he, he's finally finding his game and he's staying healthy. I I like how he's coming along finally. Oh. But I like Jalen Suggs' ceiling and I like Keontae George fitting in that backcourt with him more. Okay, you know what? Since you, you know what? I, now really I, I, I'm fully, I'm fully mm-hmm. aboard on you because I got who I got for the for the Raptors at 13. Okay, I'm gonna go yeah. with Keontae. Uh-huh. I, I, yeah, Keontae at that mm-hmm. position. Yeah, you know what? I'm not mad. 
Magic would do a lot. And then, yeah, you know, I like Keontae for the Magic yeah. at 11. I do. I actually like it. You talked me into it. You talked me into it. My original <laughs> collection, but you talked me into it. I'm not mad. Kyrie. Let's go. Talk to me. This one's kind of hard because, of course, Orlando. Um, yes, so much dance. It's a problem. <laughs> but Johnny talked to me into the Keontae. He talked to me did, into it. He did. He did. And I've been listening. I've been listening. I can kind of see it. Keontae worries me, though. Um, hmm. I still don't even know where I got him going, honestly. I got him going in three different draft selections. I got him in three different draft selections. But... He, he 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 left me. He, he left more. He left me wanting to see more. He did. He did. He did. He left me wanting he to did. see more because especially since what we seen, like we've been watching him since his freshman sophomore year of high school. Right. Yeah. Killer. He but that's killer. high school, man. That's I get it, and I and I know, I know, bro. I get it. I get it. I know. It just, it's so hard because that's the same. Well, he that's, me. You know what yeah. it was? That's the same. What? It was inefficiency. Okay. And he'll go off against lesser schools. He played lesser but colleges and he's camped against like the college space and the NBA spacing right there. That's where I always bank on for guys with that talented of a scorer. I'm banking on the pacing of the NBA and the yeah. that it'll change because college, you know, the offense is really method, you know, it's really like structure, structure, right? It is, yeah. So it's, it's, all, it's really half court based. The free but, spirit, the free creating, that's not really there in college. You get that in the NBA. I'm banking on that. I'm banking on that. I think Orlando goes with if, – if they don't trade the pick, uh, that would be my first thing that I think they would do. Honestly, I think they would trade the pick. But um, I honestly could see them doing a re- going for a reach right here and going mm. for uh, Leonard Miller at a G League Ignite. No. He's, I he's got him. Real- no. No. This is, this is, bro, this is my mock. You can have him go where you go in your mock. Go no. I got him. I got him going. Because, listen, I think uh, you talk to Kiki because okay. he's been a project. He misses – I think he missed his first year after his ACL tear at right. Auburn. Mm-hmm. You can talk him. Jonathan Isaac is done. You pay mm-hmm. – you, and you paid him all that money. You got to stay – you got to stop the experiment with him. Okay. And – um. With those two guys gone, you, you like you open a lot more space up in that in that four like three slash four position. Of mm-hmm. course, I got to go with Cam Whitmore at first, but like I said before, um, I feel like if you was gonna draft Cam, go ahead. What happened? No, go ahead. No, I was saying, but if, as Orlando, if you're going to draft somebody with these picks, they got to be able to play multiple positions. Right, and I can see that with I can, I can see that with Leonard Miller. I mean, he. He's still a little too light to play the five, but uh, he, he's got he's kind of got like a, like the same build as Jaron Jackson. Like he's got the long arms, he's pretty tall, he's lanky, and um, I think his frame will fill out similar to Jaron Jackson. You, you see all the weight he put on over like these past couple of years since he came from Michigan State, right? And um, I could definitely like, but his game as, as a whole is intriguing to me because I can fit, I, I can see him fitting in with a lot of those guys because he can run the floor and he's very fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lefty, he has a nice touch around the rim. And his right. game is very weird. It's like it's, it's it's really unorthodox. Like I don't know how to explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I can't. It's like it's like real earthy jerky, bro. I really can't even explain it. But and he gets the job done somehow. And like those like the like the awkward moves he makes, the awkward uh, I guess ways he tries to create space or drive. 
Right. It, 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 it ends up working for him. And he, he's definitely taken a leap from since the first time I seen him last year when we thought he was going to enter the draft last year. But um, I, I, I like his profile. Again, 6'11", about 210, 215. He's got long mm-hmm. arms. He's very mobile. Um, he's a lefty. I like his jump shot. I, he can be mm-hmm. a little more consistent. I want to see it get a little higher too. Shoots a pretty okay. like a like a like a pretty narrow like line drive. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's a nice prospect, and I think he's somebody worth taking the gamble on. I could definitely see Orlando taking the gamble on him here, whether they trade it or whether they keep it or not. I can see him. I can see teams like after going through his draft process and working him out and stuff, seeing what mm-hmm. he's about. Because the D League night, he put up almost a twenty and ten double double. And was it was very effective on the defensive end too, so um, I think he uh, I, I, yeah, I think let him let him know he could go here at number eleven for Orlando. Since we're on that topic, we're going to go to the next the next draft selection at number twelve with OKC. I have running for that going there. I think him and OKC is a uh, way better match than him going to the Magic. And I can't even I, let let's start with there. The Thunder, if you look at the history of who they draft, they tend to draft guys with great positional size, strong basketball IQ, and high-level character traits, right? Let's go with that first. You got Lennon Miller. All the points you said, Kyrie. So he checks all the points. And when he started averaging that double-double, it was after February the 14th. He was averaging 20 and 10. Then he put up three, 2.5 assists, 3 assists on 55% field goal shooting, and he shot 30% from the three, 82% from the free throw line. I think with him and Chad Holmgren, Holmgren's, you remember, Holmgren didn't play yet for everyone that, you know, little casual fans and stuff. He didn't play the number two pick in last year's draft. You're bringing him back. You got to expect Holmgren's elite defensive ability. He's had a year to train now. I kind of see like a little Joel Embiid when he was out for two years. Chad had a whole year to develop and really hone his offensive game and probably get himself a lot stronger, you know. So, uh, listen to me. I think him. And Leonard Miller playing together, if I'm OKC, you pray that he falls to that 12th spot. And if he does, you grab him without a second thought. I think he fits that OKC more because combine that with Holmgren's elite defensive ability, anticipation on the defensive end, shot blocking, and forest placing, that fits perfectly with Leonard Miller's ability to drive into the rim and apply pressure to the rim. That's what he's been doing. So if I'm OKC, I pray that he's on that pick for me. That's why I feel like Leonard Miller. But I like your pick, Kyrie. Don't disagree with it. I do disagree a little bit. But I just think OKC and Leonard Miller, that's the better fit for him. And I'm going to swing it to you and then Johnny. So who's your 12th pick then, Kyrie? I agree with you. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Who you have at 12? Who who you have at 12 then? Because you already used. Yeah, OKC. Who do you got at twelve? Because that was my twelfth pick. Oh, got you. Yeah, yeah. That was it, my twelfth pick. I struggled with this one, and so like since you broke mm. it down, I could definitely like I would definitely want OKC to get their hands on Leonard Miller. Again, I, I could see a scenario where where Orlando shocks some people and picks up. We seen crazier stuff happen. Of course. Again, Magic uh, Magic could pick him. Again, I feel like if Orlando decides to abandon some of those projects, though. Let him right. really, really be a nice prospect there. But I do agree with you. He would have a lot more opportunity in OKC. And um, I, I definitely think he would come into his own a little bit faster there. But for me, I, I'm, I'm really struggling with this one. I've been really struggling with this one. I think by default, I would, I wanted, I'm going to go with Anthony Black just because mm-hmm. I haven't had I pick him up yet. 
Mm. You haven't picked him up. That's crazy. You haven't chosen. I think Anthony <laughs> could slide in this draft too. He could slide. Where, where I've seen where I've seen him at was between like the like the seven nine and four. Right. Because seven, one of them, yeah. yeah, they need a point guard. There's a point. They, 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 some of these teams need a point guard. At least four <laughs> out of the six teams in the lottery need they, they need a point guard. And, so and he actually shares a lot of similarities with Josh Giddey being like a taller guard, mm-hmm. somebody that over the defense and makes good uh makes good but, like uh, push passes. Oh. What's up? That's another guy that can't shoot. I think OKC tired of that. I think they got the shooters on their squad now. They just need Jalen Williams who, who can knock it down. You got he's uh, great, both, phenomenal. Both of the Jalen Williams can knock it down, to be honest with you. Even like Jay Will. Yeah. Um you see Isaiah Joe is one of the best three point shooters. Season. Trey man, Trey man too. And I think I think Giddy's jump shot can get better. He doesn't shoot it much, but he doesn't really have to because he has Shea out there. Shea's he's going to shoot Anthony, four threes a game. Anthony Black is if I okay if you're gonna stick with Anthony Black, I'm thinking OKC. You did some. Let's say Trey man isn't your backup point guard. You want Andy Black is gonna be the backup point guard because he's gonna facilitate the offense. He's six seven, got the defensive abilities. Uh, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife. He does everything. Just the outside shoe, and it's just bad. One uh, Trey Man plays the two, and uh, Trey Man six three, six four. The two, bro. He's a shoot first. He's a shoot first guard. Well, they haven't played point. They run run the point sometimes. With OKC, but who's the backup point guard for OKC then? And at the same time, Anthony Black again, bro. You say he's six seven with a with like a six eight six. I think like a six nine six ten wingspan. He can okay. play the two and three as well as defend the two and the three. He's right. not just a. So okay. With the team, with the team like this, like okay, so you got Shea Gilders Alexander who was in the same bowl six seven, can play the one through the three, can guard the one through the three. Josh, but 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 the Shea was always a better scorer and shooter than Andy Black, even at back in college. So it's not really. I get it though. I get it though. I like Andy Black with OKC, but do they want another guard when they could probably trade for someone more established? Because you got to think OKC, they're yeah. looking at that roster. They're like, we got the pieces. We just need like an established star. Now I don't want to go too far off, but there's been some Paul George rumors. He might be interested in going back to OKC. We're not gonna talk about that though. Just want to throw that out there. Just want there's been some rumors. Right, it's been some rumors. There's some rumors, a little smoke. If it's just it, listen, it's no fire without smoke. So whether I think it's a little bit ridiculous for, for that to happen, but go back to you, Kyrie. No, that's my pick right there. I got Anthony Black going to uh, OKC. Anthony Black, okay. Johnny, who you got the 12th pick before we slide to the 13th? Second uh, All right, I got my join before. I, You know what? I ain't going to lie, bro. I got to go with, um, like, you, you're right. That's, mm-hmm. the, the OKC is looking for shooters, man. I, they got mm-hmm. a few there. They want to add to it. Um, right. I say they go to I say they go to Duke and they pick up Derek Whitehead, another sniper, forty two percent. He's an angry prone guy. I know, bro. He came off the. He's right got. He just had, he had to get surgery. He had the right. He had the right foot fracture, bro. He came off of that. A play, but it, but after if he became a heck of a shooter because of it. It might have been a blessing in disguise, bro. They That's had Jeremy Lynch over there, which made him pretty much a spot up shooter. He showed that he pretty much could do it pretty well. And he's getting that burst back, I believe. I see they I don't say it's them taking a crazy risk on him, 
But mm-hmm. they're taking a risk on him. He's a big guard, but at the same time, it'll pay off. He can play two to three positions if he doesn't right. get hurt again. Yes, he's injury prone, but that mm-hmm. he if he if they could if he can stay healthy, he can add to that to that to that list of shooters that they, that they desperately need. And he can eat off Shea, he can eat off Josh Giddy. Um, he could definitely eat off of them. Shea's gonna shoot his four a game, but Giddy will feed him. Shea does get like but eight dimes, seven dimes a game, I think, this year. Right. So he right. could definitely eat off of him in the corner. Um, if he stays right. healthy and get that foot together, bro, you got a legitimate corner shooter that can give you three and D uh uh deep a heck of uh he can give you defense. Uh he's getting that burst back, he can play multiple positions. Shot forty two percent, bro, forty two percent from three this year. Like you got well, to get that. How many? How many? How many attempts? Over two hundred. Uh, about what? Over two hundred attempts, I believe. I mean, yeah, I believe over two hundred attempts for him. No, okay. ninety nine. I'm sorry, ninety nine, ninety nine attempts. I, I was way off. But yeah, right. ninety nine attempts though, or ninety nine attempts shot forty two percent. So he put it up there. He uh consistently made it. But at the same time, he's injury prone, like you said, but. Yeah, it gets a little bit tough, bro. Kyrie wasn't lying. It gets a little bit tough right here, especially with these last two after that. But I got them going with Derek Whitehead taking that chance out of Duke. You like Duke, see? You like Duke. How about that? You like Duke? Uh, <laughs> damn, the edges, man. I, I like Derek Whitehead. I thought that was another guy. He would have been another top 10 pick had it not been for the injuries, him and Nick yeah, Smith Jr. Absolutely. So, and this is where it comes down to you're, you're banking on the talent. You're banking on the fact that he was a top five recruit in his class. You're banking on the fact that the athleticism, he was dominant athleticism. Now, he's, he's, you, if, he, if he's shooting that well, and then the athleticism, if it comes back at some point, you might potentially have gotten, a, not necessarily a steal because he's technically still in the lottery, but... You know, he was in most mock drafts earlier. He was a top six, top seven guy. So, you know, if you could get that at 12, then, hey, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. It's a fracture. It can heal. It can fracture. I think he had to get surgery. I think last time I read up, I read up on him, he had to get surgery. The second surgery. So, you know, that's going to keep him out the scrimmages and stuff like that. So, you're really banking on that potential at that point. But with that being said, we go to the 13th pick, second to last pick, the Toronto Raptors. Uh, John, Kyrie, I want to explain with you first. I got Nick Jones going there, but the Raptors need a point guard. So what's the point guard availability at this stage inside this draft? You mean Nick Smith? Yeah, I got Nick Smith. But Nick Smith can't. Do, do you, are you banking on him being the combo guard and he could develop the point guard abilities? Because the scoring abilities is there. The defense is okay. He just didn't show enough at the college level. But yeah, he, you, 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 you of, right, go ahead. I was going to say, ahead, he didn't show a lot of playmaking. Right. Um, he, he wasn't even, he wasn't an efficient shooter, but he was hurt a lot of the season. He didn't really right. get, like, play within a flow with the. He never uh, got with, into a rhythm. Not, right. Yeah. So I think I, I agree with you right here. I think Toronto does go with Nick Smith right here. Okay. And, it's, it's based solely off of what they've seen from high school and what they think can, he can be in the future. I don't think he's going to get a lot of minutes off the rip right now, especially no. they don't they, they just lost their head coach. They just let Nick Nurse go. We don't right. know who that coach is going to be. And, um, yeah, Fred Van Vliet is still there. So right. I think uh, I think Toronto's got a lot of – I don't think they got to rebuild. I think they just have a lot of retooling to do. 
and where Nick Smith Jr. falls into that is is still yet would fall into that was still yet to be seen. I it, it gets really confusing right here for with Toronto just because they have such. It a gets so confusing. It gets uh, so confusing. But I'm going yeah. with best talent at, at this point. I'm going to go with Nick Smith. He's the best talent of at this point. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Fred's a, a free agent this year or next year or something like that. Mm. But um, I know his contract time is coming up, and you definitely want to have a guy who like that's developing within that time frame. And Nick Smith Jr., he, he, I mean, he's got some game. He's got some stuff to be excited about. And I'm just like tapping in directly from what I remember from high school. Right. Um, was a solid three-point shooter, had a nice flow. He yeah. kind, of, kind of like an Emmanuel Quickly type of game, but he was a little more explosive than Quick. Okay. Mm-hmm. I more- agree, bro. I got Nick Smith as well, bro. Go ahead, go ahead, Kyrie. I got him as well. Nick Smith? Oh, okay. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm go with Nick Smith there at, uh, for Toronto at 13. Yes, Nick Smith at 13. Okay. Johnny, Nick Smith at 13. Yes, sir. Same reasons, bro. I think that and plus, like, they don't, they're getting smaller. They, they really need a guard. They need guard. Okay, guard. Johnny. So what more? You didn't, they need a guard and yeah, what they else? Need guard play. If they need guard play. Nick Smith is, uh, Nick Nurse is going. Um, They're going to, they're going to take a chance with Nick Smith. Jet Howard's my is my next favorite available player, but they're fine down low. No, I was struck. See, Jet's the more established guy. Yeah, we like, know like what more. we're getting with yeah. Jet. That's where I was so split on it. Like we know what yeah, we're he, getting with Jet. He's my backup to. He's my backup to. Uh, he should be my my my. I guest know, from the Johnny. Women, bro. Johnny, but I was thinking it in now. my head, but yeah, I was bro. saying Nick's the more talented guy. Gotta but. The production and the stability you're getting there with Jet. But hey, that's the toss up right there. I'm glad Johnny threw him out there. I thought I was the only one thinking that in my head. I'm like, man, Jet would really be great there. But hey, you know, Nick's the more talented guy. What you think, Kyrie, about Jet being the uh, the backup? Um, I I would definitely like Jet for them just because for the simple fact they need shooting. They need some outside. He's, he's a scorer too. He can score as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a nice in-between game, which would really sure work do. out Toronto because mm-hmm. their offense gets really clunky, and they put a lot of guys out there that don't really mesh together well. So having That's someone true. take the ball and create for himself because mm-hmm. they don't have guys that can do that for themselves right. outside of Kyle and Fred, really. And um, even Gary Trent, when he has it, if not, is terrible. Right. So I think a guy like that definitely would work for them. Okay. We on a unanimous decision with the 13th pick. The- the famous 13th pick that Kobe Bryant was drafted on. That's probably we, the most. No, unanimous. I still got Nick. I still got them taking Nick. You still? No, of course. I got them Nick as the first option. Me, personally speaking, if we're going fit versus talent, the talent is Nick. The fit could be Jet. Yeah. It, it could be Jet. So, but with that being said, we go to the last pick of this mock lottery selection episode. We go to the 14th pick in the draft, the New Orleans Pelicans, and I'm just actually befuddled with this, because the New Orleans Pelicans roster, where do you even start with? I genuinely don't know who to choose for this pick. I'm genuinely lost. Uh, the, 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 the Nothing disappointed me more from this NBA season than the Pelicans. Oh, yeah. Nothing Zion. And, and because of that, bro, because of Zion and his unreliability, mm-hmm. I going with G.G. Jackson, who I got them going with the project, bro. Man, and you know what was killing me? I was like, 
he was you gotta think you need Jazz was the number one pick. I mean, he was the number one prospect in his class. And he's supposed to be a high school senior this year. Right. And he did well for South Carolina. He averaged what, 17 a game, I think, or was it a little bit uh, a little bit under than that? Yeah, he put up like 15 or 16. Six. Uh, like I think like six or seven boards. Kyrie, you sold me with with with, with, with but then you gotta look at it too. Pelicans got a lot of fours. They got Herb Jones, you got Trey Murphy, you got Jonas Valanciunas, you got Jackson Hayes, you got they got a lot of big men. So it's kind of like, but Gigi Jackson should man. See the thing with the thing with Gigi, I like is is that he can create his own shot and he's comfortable right. doing. It. He yes. It's not efficient. He, but we gotta keep in mind, yo. He's eighteen. He's he's he's. Barely, I, I think Bronny's older than him. Ooh. Bronny James is older than him. That's crazy. And um, also shout out Bronny for uh, committing to USC. We didn't get to talk about that, but yeah. Shout out the. We'll talk about the the, the college basketball season in the next episode. We'll definitely talk oh. about that. He's super young, but the skill set that he has in that mid range and that pinch post area where he can cross over, it honestly, it, it honestly looks like K. It honestly like it's reminiscent of like KD, like mm. quick he is with that ball handle. He, and he's in that he's in that same height. He's about six nine. He right. has long arms. And he, he's just quick with. It. He has good feet, yeah. and uh, it's like the balance he keeps on his turnaround jump shots, the elevation he gets on his turnaround jumpers and those fadeaways. And those shots that he creates for himself when uh because South Carolina wasn't good last year at no, all. Was and a lot of the times he just got dumped the ball and was just like, yo, do something for us, please. And then <laughs> and which and uh I'm gonna mention it because this might also be a reason uh some teams might stay away from, but you gotta yeah. remember like the Instagram live uh incident he had in the in the season where in my opinion it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Really, Instagram live after after a close loss and was like, yo. They're not getting me the ball in crunch time. Like, I, like I'm with the ball in crunch time, feel me? So. Well, I mean, listen, I think with, with, with John Morant, another thing, too, we should highlight, since John Morant's incidences, teams are especially moving forward. Yeah. They're really going to be digging into these backgrounds. Yeah, like, they're yeah. really going to be digging into these backgrounds. Like, who you associated with, who you associate associated with. It's right. like, because and jobs really making this a lot. I don't want to say it a lot harder, but now it's going to be one of the main focuses of some of these prospects. Now, you know your character, who you are, who you're surrounded by, who do you associate with. Right, that's going to be one of the big things. But go ahead, but, Kyrie. That's and like to hit on my last point before we wrap it up here. Before I wrap it up with my pick, I like New Orleans as a spot for them because I think uh, one we've seen what they've done in development in one year time with Herb Jones. Um, uh, Trey Murphy the third, who turned, who he's improved a lot this season. Jose Alvarado, right. who's mm-hmm. under, they've gotten track history already in these past couple of years of developing guys. Right. And, uh, I could definitely see that with a guy like Gigi, who's really rough around the edges, who's right. really, who's not a good defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a good, he's not a good defender. He doesn't really have a high motor. And it's just certain things he has to learn. Like to be a pro, and they have guys like Valachunas. She's been around. CJ McCollum's been. Willie Green's a coach and played in the league for a while. Was a respected player. Gotcha. So, got guys around there that can really nurture him and really show him what it is to be a pro, and at the same time nurture that skill set because he's super talented. Of course, he's 
and, and I, I wholeheartedly believe next like next year if he were to stay, mm-hmm. like say he went to North Carolina, like he originally committed to. Of course. And, did his high school senior year this year, like normal, uh, played at UNC. I could definitely see him being in the top five and top five uh, pick considerations. For you that. No, I wouldn't even say that made difference because UNC was awful as well. So Exactly. They, yeah, they were both awful. So it's like, it's strange. But yeah, no, fair point, yeah. Kyrie, fair point. Yeah, so I, I, I'm really high on Gigi. Like I said, uh, he, he's, a pro, he's probably the biggest project in this draft. But if I'm not mistaken, also the youngest player in the draft. So um, I, I say you you get him, you play to his strengths, you put right. confidence in him, and you you hold him accountable. And I think that I think the they got the team to do that. That's fair. I don't disagree with that pick. I like that pick, Gigi Jackson. I didn't. I was thinking more of Chris Murray, uh, because I think the Pelicans are honestly in the win now mode, and I feel like he's not as talented as his twin brother. But right. he, he is 6'8", a well-rounded wing. You know, he stepped right into his brother's wing at, you know, Iowa. You know, he averaged 20 points, gave you nine boards. Uh, he shot it pretty decently at 22 yeah. years old. I think he could fit in for the Pelicans. Uh, I, I No, now that you brought Gigi, I didn't think about Gigi at all. I really didn't until you brought him up. This is another thing between talent and fit, once again. Talent-wise, Gigi does have the talent and fit. Chris Murray just has the stability, I guess, because he's older. You're going by, do you want the young guy? Usually the NBA always go with the younger guy, so Gigi Jackson will probably beat out Chris Murray in terms of that aspect, but I had Chris Murray originally at the 14th pick. Uh, I thought he's one of those guys. Uh, he, he's another Swiss Army athletic wing forward with the size. And you got to think of what his brother's doing, so if you want to look at how his brother's contributed for the Kings in the playoffs, because he actually contributed, you want to say Chris Murray is a little bit of a light version of that. And taking him at 14 could be a stretch. But taking G.D. Jackson at 14 is a stretch as well. But he has more potential and a more talent. So it, that's your excuse with that. Chris Murray, his his base and his ceiling, he's a starting maybe a six-man service quality guy. But do you want that the 14th pick in the draft? Maybe, maybe not. But the Pelicans... Uh, you know, they might go with Gigi or they might go with uh Chris Murray or they might even go with someone else completely. Uh, you know, I think Kobe Kobe Buffkin from Michigan, he's another guard. I think you know, hey, they got a lot of options they could do, but Dyson Daniels and CJ McCollum. I don't know about CJ McCollum anymore. Maybe you want to go young, you want to get Kobe, you know, Buffkin, you know, maybe Nick Jones happens to slide there. But if I'm 14, G.D. Jackson, I like it, Kyrie. I don't disagree with it. I was going to go with Chris Murray or Kobe Bufkin from Michigan, either one of the or, but I'm going to stick with I'm gonna stick with Chris Murray. I'm going to stick with Chris Murray. Go ahead, Johnny. What's your thoughts before we wrap this up? Well, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm, um, I definitely do understand the G.D. Jackson pick. I do like Chris. Uh, I do I do like Chris Murray, but um I was gonna say him too. But the thing is his shooting dipped in the end. That was the problem with him. Yeah. Six six two twenty, but his shooting had dipped in the end. So I think that's mm. a little bit less attractive Word. for teams. Um there is a guy, there is a kid that came out, he's coming out and his shooting is actually the opposite. He shot forty percent from three on hundred and forty eight percent on hundred and forty eight attempts, forty percent from three, six six two thirty wing. Bryce Sensabaugh out of Ohio State. Uh, now, hear me out. His defense. Okay. No, no, no. I like hear him. Hear me out. His, he's de- fit. His, 
his defense is horrible. He get burnt, he gets beat like a drum. Chris Murray can defend on mm-hmm. slower, slower wings. He can defend them better. He'll defend Shelly better than like Bryce, but Bryce shoots a little shoots way better. Um, he's coming out of Ohio State. I think he'll go ahead if my but um these are my backups though. I like I, right. I only mentioned Chris Murray because you mentioned him and I do like him at 6'8, 220, mm-hmm. but his shooting isn't good enough for me as much as Bryce Sensabaugh is. I right. like him as my backup, but my main mm-hmm. pick for 14, I was going to put Brett there, bro. I was going to say Brett goes there, and he's the backup to Zion because we don't know how how, how many games you're going to get out of Zion. So right. I say, uh, I, so I say Brett goes there. Um, be, um, like I said before, the 6'8", 215, two uh, 218, already gotcha. built for the league. He can stretch the floor. And on top of that, he's a he he can get down he can get down the court, um yeah he's a heck of a defender he he defends way better than the other two that I had mentioned before. So Who is I it? got like for yeah. real I got um uh what's his name uh I got him I got um Jet, I'm sorry uh Jet Jet Howard yeah I got Jet Howard going. I got you... Jet Howard going to um um New Orleans ahead, but my backup is Bryce Sensabaugh, but I got Jet Howard first. He's, uh, and, I don't, and I don't disagree with that. I think Bryce is another option right there. Pelicans got a lot of options at the 14th pick. And I'm I'm glad you threw Bryce in there. I really was thinking those three out of those three selections, let's rank them. I'm gonna say, me personally, Gigi at one, mm-hmm. Bryce at two, and then you got Chris Murray at three. Like I'll I'll put Pelicans. Chris Murray at three. I yeah, because yeah, Bryce the better shooter. Uh, right. yeah, and Gigi. But Gigi's that defense is awful. That defense is awful. Yeah, Gigi's the better prospect, so I would put Bryce in the middle. I would do it too. I I would do um I would do Bryce second and Chris Murray third and put Gigi first too. All right, I like it, Johnny. Let's go. The analyst, not the advocate. Wait, am I saying it wrong? Yes, sir. We're just analyzing. We're not advocating. Just analyzing. Just analyzing, (laughs) throwing out our picks, and that concludes episode 108 of the Restricted Zone podcast. And listen, man, shout out to everyone that's been supporting us, liking, streaming, downloading, regardless of whatever platform or app or device you're doing it on. We appreciate every single support. Uh, It doesn't go unnoticed. And that's why we're pushing out three episodes this week, back to back to back. Uh, We're literally pushing out three episodes, 106, 107, 108. So be on the lookout for those to drop this week. Audio and video, so the video will go up on YouTube, and also the audio version uh, will definitely be on all streaming platforms if, if you prefer the audio version of it. So, with that being said, thanks a lot, Johnny, Kyrie, uh, Lodge. Thanks a lot for those guys coming on. Uh, and listen, be ready for the next episode of the Restricted Zone podcast. Until then, leave a like and subscribe. Look at the, all, all the other videos on YouTube. Uh, you can also check out all our previous old episodes. Uh, they're on the link below on Lincoln Tree. You can follow them on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio, whatever streaming platform you want. Uh, we're on there. So check us out. Uh, support us. Leave a like, share, and, you know, hit us up on whatever topics you want to talk about. We'll try to do our best to fulfill them. Have a great day, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. And be on the lookout for the next episode.